Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is a two-star show. Now, no pithy or acerbic intro tonight. Uh, to be honest, it's hardly sunk in yet that Chelsea are champions of Europe again. What an emotional night it was on Saturday, whether you were lucky enough to be in Porto or, like me, watching from behind my sofa. But if you ever wanted to know why football and, and indeed Chelsea Football Club tests the limits of your emotions, then you only had to witness us all on Saturday. What a remarkable club. We won it again. We won it again. Champions of Europe. Europe. We, we won, won it, it again. again. Imagine not being Chelsea. Indeed. Now, uh, the name of the show tonight, miraculously, is the Chelsea Fancast number 827, Two Stars. There can be no other title. And uh, I'm going to start, well, I'm going to obviously say hello to Jonathan. But while I'm doing that, I'm about to open my bottle of, I promised, and uh, they can all see it on here. Uh, maybe somebody might take a picture of this. Oh, it's a canard du champagne. It's a bottle of champagne. I've got the bottle of champagne. I've got the victory cigar. I'm going going large tonight. Whether I survive the show is a moot point. Hang on, Mark. Mark's about to do the picture. So, Chips, we can take over. If victory you, if cigar, bottle of champagne. Mark, have you sorted it out? Yeah. What year is it? Well, it's non-vintage, mate. I mean, come on. It's Chelsea. It's got to be vintage. Well, it's 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 vintage. I don't know. Two thousand and twelve. There we go. That'll do, won't it? That'll anyway, there you go. So, um, but I will actually get on with the show now rather than indulging myself. Uh, but then I'll open it whilst Jonathan, when I'm speaking to Jonathan. Jonathan, how are you, champion? No, I'm all right, you know. Just, you know <laughs> just dealing with it, really, you know, as you do. Um, uh, I have moments of um, uh, when I think about it, which is quite a lot. I gaze into the distance and just go, oh, 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 oh. And... Um, uh, I actually, I actually got very sweary towards the last seven minutes. That seven minutes was just, you know, we thought we were all revving up for the ninety. Just, you know, it'd be about three minutes or something, and seven, and there was a an absolute deflation amongst everybody. Around, just thinking, oh, we've got to put up with this for seven minutes. But no, I am, uh, I am ecstatic. It was uh, phenomenal, brilliant, wonderful, marvelous, joyous, superb magnificent i'm saying this while you open the bottle by the way unbelievable um uh but hugely believable um uh, coruscating exhilarating just butt in if you didn't you didn't you didn't hear the champagne pork, uh, cork popping because i'm a professional so for me i go by the duchess's fart method because being an alcoholic i wouldn't want to waste a drop so i just wanted to get that in it was good. It's good, but aren't you supposed to use a um, a napkin as well? Not, not when you're really practiced at it, like I am. Oh, of course, of course. Good. Can I carry on? Yeah. Um, superlative, uh, awesome, um, sensational, tip top, wow, and wizard. Um, it was absolutely fucking fantastic, wasn't it? I just, uh, I love it. Now, I, I don't want you to. Com- com- you can you can continue your soliloquy later. Yes, I promise, yes. because we have I know, other I, guests. I, I, I don't want to peek. You've got other people no, on. Don't don't peek too soon, mate. I know, I know. I was going to go, <laughs> but I'm probably going to cry. As Who well. have we got on the show tonight, JK? Oh, I'm going to do that as well. Okay, okay. Well, we've got um, in the blue corner. There's the great. Um, there's the great goalie fifty nine. The great housewife choice. 
And there was a there was a lovely pic of him and his son, which uh, which uh, tweaked my heartstrings lately. It was a lovely picture of you both. Well done. It, it was uh, it was a very special evening. It was. I have to say. It was, of course, uh, I have to introduce him. It's Clayton Beeman. Hello, hello everybody. Hello every champion listening. Yes, no, it was uh, it was an amazing evening as we will discuss and um, sort of just you know the main benefit of not being there was was uh, being with the boy and it was uh, on his birthday. Yeah, it was his birthday, and it has to be said that was probably the best birthday present he's ever had. Amazing, absolutely amazing. What can you say? Well, we are going to say say lots, but yeah, no, it was very special. Um, and uh, something he'll remember a lot. I mean, you know, he's not, he is at that age where he's known nothing but success. Roman has owned the club the whole time he's been alive. So, uh, yeah, he hasn't done the hard yards, but good for he him. Suffered. He hasn't suffered, Clayton, has he, like us? That's the thing. Well, that means well, that he's, he's suffered because he watches football, you know, next to me. So he's suffered in that regard. But uh, <laughs> apart from that, no, I know what you mean. Who else we got, Jonathan? Well, funnily enough, we've got um, we've got uh, the favourite from Football London. He's on tonight. I got it right this week. Um, uh, literacy and percussive knowledge are his bywords. It is the friend to the stars, Adam Newson. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. That was very kind. Uh, yeah, what a weekend. Well, you to Alex Goldberg, haven't you? Friend to the stars. You know. Yes, I have chatted to Alex. It was a busy week last week. Did quite a few different podcasts, including this one, obviously. You saved the best till last, Adam, didn't you? Of course, Chidge. Of course. Yes. What a weekend it was. Porto. I actually want to go back there now because I was in there about 24 hours. So, um, so yeah, it'd be quite nice to go back and visit one day without the sort of tension of a Champions League final to worry about. Mm. Okay, we've got, we got a packed show tonight. By the way, people, what I did uh, the other day was, I mean, we obviously, as you know, we, got, we had me, JK, Adam and Clayton uh, lined up, uh, or Adam Clayton, if you prefer, get a bit of a U2 reference in there. U2, yeah. Yeah. Based I've, got, I've got a great story about Adam Clayton, but I'm going to leave it till later because we should get on. But uh, we, the, us four were already lined up, and then I thought it would be much more fun to have as many of, of, of us as we can on the show tonight. So we've got... Uh, you know, another two guests, haven't we, JK? We have, we have. One of them is the the brain of Britain himself, the uh, the compendium of uh, of uh, coruscating. I've used that word earlier. Happenings, Chelsea happenings. It is, of course. He eats so much fish, his brain expands. It is Mr. Mark Meehan. And he's eating fish pie at the moment. Ah, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Good evening, fellow champions of Europe. And in my worst Matthew McConaughey impersonation, All what right. did we do on Saturday night? We took the trophy. All right. Took the trophy. All right. All right. I like the fact that Matthew McConaughey's modelled his hair on me. And the rest of us have modelled his body, our bodies on Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Bad boy. Right, last but by no means least, uh, you've got a fellow traveller with you. Uh, what, well, we know that there were three of us out there, as it were, and uh, one of them was this fine man. Are you still there? Who, me or, or, or the person you're the about person, to introduce? I can't, meet him. I can't mention him yet. Um, uh, witch charm personality, dry, 
as a bottle of Cockburns. I know it's not pronounced Cockburns, but I feel like calling it Cockburns. It is, of course, a fellow traveller. Uh, as I said, are you in Porto at the moment, drinking his beer as I speak to him? Mr. Martin Wickham. Woo -hoo -hoo. Uh, my voice box is in Porto, but the rest of me is back in London. Um, I'm sounding a bit squall at the moment. Um, something happened Saturday night and it caused me to shout a lot. So, yeah, some weekend. Um, I think I ran into several rows of seats, but all worth it. And all the stress that came with associated with travel in this pandemic all lifted in one go. Yes, indeed. Well, I mean, uh, Martin, uh, Adam and JK did us all proud. We'll be talking about that, uh, obviously, in a minute. Um, we may get uh, we may get Alex joining us, but uh, she is in Porto, so she might be finding it difficult. But anyway, on the show tonight, not a lot to discuss, as you can imagine. But we will be looking back at one of the most memorable and epic nights in Chelsea's history. We'll be hearing from those of us who were there. And also from those of us who watched from afar, there's it's kind of really nicely evenly split actually by, by, by accident rather than design. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be applauding the fantastic support as I just said, the whole damn team, and even the referee, and of course the simply fantastischer Tommy T, who led us to glory. And in part two, we'll be asking what it means for Chelsea to be two-time Champions League winners and what happens next. And uh, as always, got some great emails, uh, most of them uh, celebratory, as you would imagine. So we've got a few of those to read out at the end. Uh, now, uh, there's a whole load of people in Mixler, as we absolutely demand and expect. It's great to see so many of you in there. I won't I won't start reading out names and stuff, but uh, great to see you in there. Now, don't forget, you can, of course, listen to the show live every Monday, or unless it's on a Tuesday like it is tonight, uh, by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Uh, any other time, any time at all, really, at Chelsea Fancast on all the social media. We will be back to talk Champions League winning very soon. Goodness me, where do you start? Uh, do you know, it's funny actually. I've been I've been thinking all week about uh, you know, or since Saturday, trying to remember uh, when we we last did a show, uh, having won the Champions League, and uh, I can't remember. It's, it was a long time ago, and I, I I don't think we sobered up for a week. In fact, I think might, we might have actually done it, not like on the schedule, but we just kind of waited until everybody had sobered up before we did it. But I, I think we were in Putney Station, and I think it was very drunken and that's probably why i don't remember it. there may be people here who are listening tonight who do remember it uh please email me and tell me what what it was about because i can't remember but uh i mean how where do you start where do you start uh a podcast where your team has just won the champions league not for the first time but the second time um i mean i'll i'll i'll, I'll kick off myself and then let everybody else have their say but I've been saying, haven't I, as you'll all remember, for weeks and weeks and weeks, well, you know, you can't beat the first one. First one's the best one. Can't can't ever beat the first one, you know. And I, I wept like a baby. 
it, you said it's the best day of your life. It, it, you it's, it still is the best day of my life, best night of my life. And this one superseded it. No, but I have to say, I went, I was, you know, watching it on my own, which is not fun. I, I anaesthetized myself with about six pints of Guinness throughout the match, which was necessary. Um, I felt very powerless. I loved watching it. I loved watching you lot making a racket. Uh, and, and I was really quiet for most of the game. Obviously, cheered when Kai put the goal in, but I was really quiet, very unlike me, to be quiet during a football game. And then the minute the whistle went, I went absolutely apeshit around the living room, shouting, screaming, dropping C-bombs, you name it. I just went loopy. And then I sat down and I just burst into floods of tears. I wept like a baby. And I thought, well, what is going on? In other words, it really hit me how much... Th- I'm getting a bit teary now thinking about it. Bloody hell. But it, this is how much it means for a, a young boy who grew up in the 70s watching Liverpool win Champions League or European Cup after European Cup after European Cup. And, and we've done it twice. And it's huge. And that that is me over and out for now. JK, you were there. Tell us about your trip to Porto. Brilliantly organised. Um uh, there were some people there who hadn't got the right documentation who I felt for. And in fact, you're going to be talking about that later in the show, aren't you? One of your stories is going to be about uh, somebody who actually made it. Um, uh, the madness of no social distancing for the um, uh, displaying, showing your passport. Um, the madness of no social distancing on the plane, even though uh, we're all wearing masks and the uh, the hostess is coming up and saying, uh, put your mask up, please. You think, well, you know. I don't quite know why we're bothering with this. Um, the uh, uh, the joy, the the, the comradeship, the um, the camaraderie, I should say, of everybody going to the game. Not sure how it was going to go. Um, the uh, arriving and we we there was a big fan zone area, which I think they would have liked us to have spent all day in, where there were stalls and videos. And um, um, I thought, well, actually, I'm going to have a look at the the town. So we went to various. Um, cafes and restaurants and moved around and uh, was serenaded serenaded by a group of uh, of um, uh, um, singers in a with the accordions um, who I think went veered from Man City fans to uh, um, I think they learnt Blue Moon they definitely hadn't learnt Blue as the colour or they hadn't learnt uh, um, uh, um, any other Chelsea song particularly but they all seemed to sound the same but we we joined in and then they would aggressively ask us for money uh, obviously and um, uh, and then we were, you know, you occasionally wandered into little pockets of Man City fans who were unbelievably confident and you could almost say abusive with their confidence. You know, you're going to get smashed by nil. <laughs> walkover. It's going to be a walkover. Just con- constantly at you. And I kept saying to everybody I was with, I just think they're a bit overconfident. Don't you think that? Because um, uh, we have beaten them twice already. But um, and then the, the journey on the Metro, I've actually made, I let you down, Chidge, because I was going to, text and take pictures all the way through and put them all on whatsapp in actual fact i've made a little film myself i've done it which i'll put up which uh has got little moments in it it's like the wonderful moment going on the metro and having having everybody singing in the metro and everybody singing going up the stairs masses of stairs with it all echoing and it you know the, the heart leaps when you, you you encounter all of that and then we had a walk to the stadium we all found up at specific gates and we all got in early enough to watch the players training you know, and there was a good buzz. And I never quite understood why the whole of the Man City fans were across the, the top of the stadium. Um, and yet we seemed to be scattered at other places. There was the odd Chelsea fan amidst the Man City lower down. But we were mostly behind the goal. 
and um, um, and we were distanced. Except once again, you just think it's ridiculous. Being you've got these little little signs on the seat saying, you know, do not sit here. Um, but everybody then moved around, and I managed to find Alex at half time, and I went and sat with Alex. Um, uh, and the game evolved, you know, remarkably as we all saw it, um, with the brilliant tactics that that, that Tuchel employed, and the the uh, a couple of moments when they were. You know, last minute that thing they do when they expect a tap in when we just got in the Rudiger and uh, and Dave got in the way, and uh, and just did br brilliant. I, you know, normally it would be an own goal. The number of own goals City have got people last ditch tackles, whether they'd been been training with that or rehearsing that, but um, just superb last ditch stuff. And then we slowly but surely, you could. What was interesting was they clearly the City fans clearly expected to be two nil up after about five minutes. That was my view. That's what we felt in the stadium. And the fact that we almost, Werner, I'm not going to go into it at the moment, um, Werner's two chances um, uh, were, were enough actually to, and the fact the fluency we were playing really quietened them down. And there was, it, they just got, it, there was barely a peep to such an extent that um, uh, your support is fucking shit was cried from the, uh, from our, our group of fans. Um, but uh it, 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 but then it, the whole thing just evolved. You could see that we were playing wonderfully and it was a wonderful tactical performance and the goal was so deserved. And then it was just a question of, you know, what's going to happen? Are any of them going to shoot? And then to discover at the end, they've only had one shot on target, which just made great sense of the, the brilliance of Tuchel's man management and his plan. And also the superb performances of every single player on the pitch, the effort made. Um, and we're going to go much more into that as the, as the show goes on. But... Uh, JK, how did what, what did it feel like, right? I mean, I know you shat your pants because Alex very kindly sent us a photograph. No, 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 I wasn't shitting my pants. I got, I got very sweary, Chich. I okay. got very, very um... well. Then take it up with Alex, not me, because that's what she said on. No, I know she did write that. But what did it feel like? I mean, because I know I just explained how nuts it was, even on my own. But how did it feel like for you when that final whistle went? Oh, but uh, for, uh, wonderful. Wonderful. It's like an enormous, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you can almost guess it's happening because you look at refs and you think, right, the ball's gone up to the left there. They're only going to be 30 seconds left now. It's about seven minutes and he's not going to let, let anything happen. And uh, he, great refereeing performance, by the way. Um, up with play. Oh, God, what a difference to see a referee up with play. My goodness me. Not terribly difficult. Just be fit, you know, and get up there. Not refereeing from 35 yards away. Um, well, it's that relief, isn't it? It's the fact that, you know, it, it doesn't matter how well your team has played. They've only got one goal. So the chances are there might be a fluke. It was almost like that Mares shot at the end that almost went, that went near. Um, it might just have gone in. He might just have got the angle. It might have been a fluke. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a... Did you cry? There's also a, a kind of... Um, uh, no, I didn't. There didn't. Were, I, 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 no, no, perversely, I cry. I get emotional. No, I, I cried... Um, I get emotional with a lump thinking about events in the game, like looking at pictures, looking at Havertz's goal, looking at the weird thing. Um, uh, Thiago Silva at the end, the, the brilliance of him being such a support all the way through, um, just coming onto the pitch. And, and even uh, Kante being lifted up at the end of the uh, proceeding so he could be seen in the picture um, um, when the... When the, when the um, when, the, when they're all smiling at the camera, by one I can't remember who lifted him up. Was it Emerson? Somebody like that. Um, Zuma. Zuma. Zuma, that's right. Well done. Yes, Zuma was the only man who could do it. Yeah. yeah the, the, they're strong enough. Um, but yeah, in and out, you know, yeah, you get that lump, don't you? You get that. Um, um, 
uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's difficult to say. It's the feeling you have to be at these things because it doesn't really matter. Well, it matters. You want your team to win. At the same time, it's the the fact they've achieved it is so important. Yeah. At the same time, so I, all right. Well, I, I, I want to. I want to really. Give you an answer. No, no, but no, but I, I don't. I, you know, I get it. It's actually. I think that's the point. It's really hard to put into words. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Martin, and then I'm gonna go to Adam because I know that they would have had very different experiences. Martin, I, I heard, I heard a lovely theory on Twitter about why the City fans were so shit actually in the stadium, and I think Jonathan has got a point. But actually, the real reason is that they're just not as experienced uh, European away days like Chelsea, and they don't know how to do the multi-away day European management uh, of the drinking. So they basically <laughs> drank too much too quickly, shot their bolt, and had nothing left for the final. Whereas us, Chelsea sports, far more practised at this. We know what... We're professionals, aren't we, Martin? Well, you certainly are. Well, yeah, and I was... Um, I only flew in the morning of the game, so I, I didn't catch the full experience, but apparently there were been very mouthy and you know, f- full of lip for two days and then they melted away. I, I I don't know if a lot of them didn't have tickets or whatever, but in the ground there was you know, quite as moist, a lot of them. There was you know the occasional song out of them, but it was definitely a Chelsea end that was dominating that for the entire game. And I think we've seen it, you know, the Leicester, Leicester League game as well, but on reduced capacity for some reason sound reverberates more and it seems to create more of a din but yeah it was a it was a special special day i mean i was in tears at full time mainly because i smashed my fucking leg off one of the rows of seats and went <laughs> over it <laughs> yeah. i went i went from about row 20 down to row two in did your 15. end fall martin fucking me and about a few thousand others because where i was was quite near to I remember the full-time whistle, Hudson, Adoy and Rudiger shot along the touchline into the, kind of into the away and probably broke every COVID rule going and we were mobbed and you, I just got, everyone just got catapulted down these steps and it just, we just ended up congregating there for the best part of an hour. Um, there were, there was quite heightened emotions. I think, I don't want to. I don't want to go well, wanky. This means more all that nonsense that Liverpool come out with. But I think fifteen months worth of you know young lads putting their lives on hold, been told to, and then been able to travel for the first time in over a year and go out the football properly and actually you know have a holiday. And I think it all just came out for a lot of people. I personally, I thought a Woody go rest his soul. That's the first one that came to my mind. I know for others it was Tritzia, yeah. and I'm sure everyone has, you know, their own, you know, people that they were remembering. And yeah, it was, I, I um... love. Sorry to butt in, Martin. It's very that's so true. I I thought of Woody and and Tritz, and I had a I had a chat with P uh, the next day actually um, on WhatsApp, which was really lovely, and I shared shared some stuff, you know, some videos and stuff with him. So she was very much in my thoughts. But uh, yeah, it was it was. Uh, it's I well I, well get into my mixed emotions about it on that score. But all I can say, Martin, is that you and J.K. Uh, and and Alex and everybody did us sh- proud. I was just really proud of the Chelsea. They, they they fucking turned up. They fucking turned up when it really mattered. Like the team, it was brilliant. Um, now, Adam, you were obviously a Chelsea fan. We all know that. Uh, and actually, fair play to you because I know that a lot of journalists who are like pretending that they're not. Which, uh, you know, because I don't know why. I mean, if you are, you are, you know, live with it. 
but you would have, even though you were a fan, you had a kind of a really weird, slightly different from experience, I would imagine, from Martin and, and JK and Alex. So how was it for you? Yeah, it was uh, it was obviously a great night either way. But, um, but yeah, I, I flew in in the morning of the game as well. Um, got stuck at passport control for about two hours uh, with a load of City fans. I had a way of getting around that. It's called an Irish passport. Yeah, I, buy, I bypassed it. J- JK, JK had his Hollywood passport. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you were lucky there, mate. Because yeah, it was a good couple of hours. So I didn't actually sort of get to my hotel and everything until about half two, three o'clock. And once I checked in, I basically decided I was going to walk uh, to the stadium because we had to get there early, obviously, uh, as press and get my accredita- accreditation, and everything sorted. So. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of about half five, six o'clock, sort of just there and, and waiting. And and the way that the 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 drag hour is is structured, you mean I could look out and see, you know, the fans arriving and stuff, which was really which was really nice. And yeah, my my view from I was right right at the top of the stand, basically in the press box was was a great view to watch the game. Um, we had a couple of uh, you know myself and my colleague Sam we were both next to each other, and in front of us, I think there were two guys from the Telegraph. Um, and I was very wary about not going too overboard. Uh, but once the game sort of started, I uh, found it very difficult to be professional slash impartial, however you want to call it. Um, and yeah, it was a horrible first half in the sense of it was it was a really entertaining game. And I've watched it back since, actually, since I got back. The first half was brilliant as a, as a game of football. It's really open, yeah. but both teams are attacking. But that made it extremely nervous to, to watch and, and try and work, which I didn't really do a huge amount of in that first half. But yeah, in the second half, because we were ahead, I don't know, I just I felt a lot more comfortable. And that full time, I was I didn't cry. I felt a little bit teary, um, much like Martin mentioned. Um, so like, like last year, I lost my uncle, uh, not to, to COVID, but to cancer. Um, and he wasn't a huge, huge football fan, but he was really, really supportive of me and my job and everything. And it was uh, it, to to be there and working it and and being the fan side of it. it did I did feel very, very emotional full time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a, it was an incredible, incredible evening. Um, and to, to to be there and to be able to you know speak to Tuchel after the game, get a question in the press, it was great. And for me, it was the fan experience was absolutely fantastic. To be able to tick something like that off my sort of career bucket list as well um, was was huge. So, yeah, uh, I had to you know make a couple of sacrifices to actually get out there because I wasn't going originally. Um, so it was all worth it. All worth it in the end. So it's, you, it's a bit, it's a bit like, it's a bit like. Ask. Sorry, J.K. Go on. Can I just ask what question did you ask Tuchel? Uh, I asked him how far he thought this team could now go basically because uh, it's such a young squad i said to him how far do you do you think this is just the start and what else do you think this group can go on and achieve um, what was his response to that very manager actually sort of yeah this is this is an important one now we've got to, to sort of stay hungry and go on and, and go try to win the next one and the next one um which i'm sure we'll talk about later which is definitely you know it's a bit of a cliche answer but it's definitely what this squad is capable of giving its age i was gonna say adam you know you're a bit like uh well either mason mountain reese james or uh thomas tuchel when he met roman abramovich you know you've uh you, you've kind of peaked rather early in your career <laughs> obviously you can only it can only go downhill from here mate you know so i'm sorry sorry to be the bearer of bad news but but no I mean... actually um, i turned to sam after the game <laughs> we were packing our uh, laptops up and i was like 
yeah, we're, we've peaked really. We? <laughs> we're, we're not we're not going to probably get a better night than this covering Chelsea. So well. Not that what we do here bears any comparison or relation to what what you and Sam do. And you and Sam, as we all know, do a fine, fine job. And uh, all I can say is that, you know, we were only three, four years into the podcast when we won the Champions League. And all of us were out there and we all went as 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 a little mini gang. And that made it really, really special. Of course, I was the last the last to join which is i didn't travel over there with them in the minibus basically because i i couldn't go until the last minute but uh you know i thought at the time shall i call it a day now because it, <laughs> it, it can't get any better than this and the podcast we did afterwards even though i don't remember it was monumental but i thought oh you know and i know a lot of chelsea fans who went to stockholm in in, in 98 and said and, and never been since they kind of that was it uh, but we didn't, and here we are, another nine years later, celebrating another one, and possibly even better. So, I, I suspect it, it'll be the making of you, Adam. You know, you won't, won't you know, it won't be a peak. It'll be the the first of many. That's what you have to tell yourself. But, uh, <laughs> I hope so, mate. Yeah. I hope so. But no, I, I I was obviously reading your tweets, and obviously you're in the WhatsApp group with us as well. And and I mean, you know, the emotion and what it meant to us all was there for all to see, even. Even the sad, lonely people left back in England like me and Clayton and Mark. I mean, at least as you were saying before we went on air, Clayton, you you, you, you got to watch it with your lovely son, Charlie, who made his debut on the fancast not that long ago. And it was his birthday as well. You you have a track record with, celebra- you know, important anniversary days and Chelsea winning Champions League finals, don't you? I do. I do. Obviously, the first one was my 10th wedding anniversary. Uh, Munich, and now it's Charlie's birthday. Um, it it's really funny actually because I, I spent the first part of the day just being really angry with UEFA and just basically thinking, you know, it should be here, it should be in England. It's ridiculous that you've made, you know, I, I, you saw on social media the sacrifices that everybody had to make to get out there, how much money they had to spend on having tests and sort of jumping through hoops and then, you know, seeing people like Tim Rolls in his hotel room having to do further tests and all the rest of it. And I You just mean thought, in his presidential suite? In his presidential suite, yeah. And I just thought, it's just insane. Why have you done this? But, I mean, you know, they're no different from the FA who made, you know... 50,000 Fulham and Chelsea fans go up to Villa Park on a Sunday night for an FA Cup semi-final. You know, it, it, it was, you know, it, was uh, wor- uh, it was worth it for throwing a stick of celery that hit Jean Tigana, though. <laughs> Are you admit anyway, that? Anyway, <laughs> so by the time... But it was quite interesting because I felt really, really calm the whole time. I didn't have any nerves at all about the evening because I, I don't know whether it was because Ultimately, we had nothing to lose. You know, we we weren't supposed to be there. And, you know, City had been anointed throughout the week. It was their trophy. You know, we we were barely mentioned. And and you couldn't listen to the radio. You couldn't listen to TV because it was all about them. And it was, why are we bothering to turn up? And I actually thought, after our abysmal end to the season, losing the FA Cup final and losing to Villa, I thought... Well, that's clinched it. We're going to win, no? Because it's it's what we do. It's what Chelsea do, and so I didn't really have a lot of nerves before the game, and then I basically saw 
the Man City team. And I just thought, Pep, you arrogant prick. You just think you're basically going to go out there, blitz us, score two or three goals, and then bring on your defensive midfielders. I thought, you are so arrogant. And I just thought, that's it. We're going to win this. And yeah, watching the game is torture. I, it was interesting what somebody said, I think it was Adam said, about what a great game it was. And I actually, about, sort of about half an hour into the game, I, I said, if I was, you know, if I was a neutral, I'd actually think, wow, a decent cup final. That's so rarely a good game. And it was a, a fantastic game of football. And yeah, I mean, obviously the second half, and as like Jonathan says, when you've only got a goal, um, anything can happen. But... Ultimately, when I was watching it, I was fairly relaxed, apart from uh, in the first half when our good friend Tim O'Verner uh, drove me up the wall. Um, but tonight's not the night to, to uh, have a go at him. But yeah, and then when the final whistle went, um, I just went outside in the garden and screamed as loud as I could. Um, and then came back inside and screamed and obviously hugged the boy and then went outside, screamed again and hugged the boy again. It was just, it was fantastic. And it, the, the great thing for me, and, and I'm sure we'll come on to this, is that we deserved it. We deserved it on the night. We played brilliantly throughout the whole tournament and we were the best team in Europe. That nobody can argue with us. I mean, you know, when we won it the last time, it was, oh, you were lucky against this one, you were lucky against that one, and blah, blah, blah. Maybe we were. But this this is all this is all our own work, and we were outstanding. And I was very jealous uh, of everybody who was out there, but I was also so unbelievably proud that we sung. Just, I mean, it was no competition. I mean, their, their supporters obviously had the same... Um, attitude as pet from from what you guys were saying and I suspect when they saw the team that's what made them quiet and after the game started they, their worst fears were, were met so fuck them <laughs> that's a great brilliant finish brilliant finish just like Chelsea's uh... Clayton. Um, now, Mark, you, you know, you, 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 unlike, well, Clayton, Clayton was with his boy, I was on with Jack Jones Um you you actually watched it. Obviously, you were in England. You weren't at Porto, but you you were in a in a bar in Wilsdon with a load of Chelsea fans, including, of course, uh, Nathan, who's uh, runs the Chelsea Graves Society, uh, who's listening in here tonight. Actually, he's in Mixler, but uh, and I've seen the video of it, and I've I've seen you at the final whistle. But it, I mean, you and I were talking before we went on air, weren't we? That actually, you know, really, if you can't be there in person at the match, the next best thing is to be with a load of. Chelsea mates in a bar, and you managed to do that. Uh, absolutely, and just just one correction um, before Wheelstone FC go mad because no one ever pronounces their team correctly. Uh, although I grew up in Wilsdon, I was at Wheelstone Football Club on Saturday night. Um, uh, big thanks to Tom Heffernan for booking the boardroom. So we're in the boardroom where the club directors normally go, and how the boardroom survived twenty of us on Saturday night celebrating Chelsea's victory, I do not know. There's a, one of the guys um, we go to football with called Toomey. Uh, he's called that because you can guess how tall he is. And he, he probably hadn't even realised. He nearly knocked my tooth out celebrating the goal, uh, the, the victory at the end. You know, I thought, oh, my God, that bloody hurt. But, you know, you had that adrenaline going. It was an absolutely marvellous evening, marvellous performance. 
Uh, you mentioned Nathan. I actually met Nathan for the first time on Saturday night. So we never met before, even though we found out we'd been in the same place so many times before. So really nice conversation with Nathan. And I agree 100% with Clayton. Um, as I was just chatting with um, Nathan, they put the team up. And I saw Man City's team. And I said to him, fucking hell. You know, is he playing with six strikers? Like, you know, and I couldn't work out, as it said, was it arrogance or that confidence? He thought they'd smash this in the first 10 minutes. And then when you think about it for about a minute, we're going to do this because no protection to their defence and the type of players we've got, such as Mount and Havertz, we would exploit that. So, you know, I'm an Optus by nature. I was never in any doubt, you know, that we wouldn't win the trophy. And there was that beauty about living in West London that if I was a betting man, I would have had a, a lovely bet on Saturday for a West London treble. Wheelstone managing a win in the morning, Brentford getting promoted in the afternoon, and Chelsea winning the Champions League in the evening. But I don't, I don't bet. I don't know what the odds would have been. But why Wheelstone have been playing quite high? I'd imagine. I, I think probably about seven to one Wheelstone to win away at Woking. But as you, as you say, it's like you know, if I couldn't be there, and there was that one moment of regret just before the end, where a couple of us were saying, "Do you know what? We probably could have gone." Yeah. Yeah. But then you sort of think afterwards that, you know, if, if you're going to be anywhere and at times I don't enjoy watching football at home to, during this pandemic and actually sort of winning us win the Champions League for the second time. And I never thought years ago we'd win it for the first time. With 20 people I've been going to football with for years, is probably the best way to do it. And, you know, a really enjoyable evening with people I think a hell of a lot about. And, you know, who knows now if, if we won it twice? Yeah, will he win it a third or a fourth time? I know we'll probably talk about that later. And mm. the, the only thing, just to, just to finish on it as well, was like, you know, I met people, you know, there on Saturday night just through the beauty of Twitter. You know, that's amazing. There was a good part to sort of Twitter that, you know, people came up to me. I met them. Nathan was one of them, just meeting them because we follow each other on the social media and you have that shared bond, you know, supporting Chelsea Football Club. And then there's one guy I do know, and I'll just finish with this tale. If you find him on Twitter, he's called Chelsea, Chelsea Reject. And I brought a copy of my book down to him because he asked me to bring it along uh, when I was raising money for Stoll. And he came up with this brilliant line because I said to him, are you absolutely sure if we win tonight, you know, you, you, you're going to manage to bring that home, you know, the book home with you? And he basically said to me, I, I don't know by the end of the evening, well, I'll, I'll eat it because I'm so drunk or I'll make love to it. <laughs> I met him the day after. You know, he, he didn't do either, I'm, I'm pleased to say. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and I'm so glad you got to watch it, you know, with some decent people, Mark. But, you know, we'll always have Munich, you know. Whatever the regrets we have about uh, Saturday, of which there are... It was really interesting listening to you because I, I was sitting there thinking, I, you are a twat. You should have made the effort. You could have gone if you'd have really tried hard. But we'll always have music, and the first time is special. I, I know, I agree 100%, Chidge, but what I found interesting is people debating this online, which was the better one. It don't fucking matter, really. No, they're both yeah. wonderful. They're both wonderful, and they're both different in their own ways. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you know, there's no point comparing it. Munich was special, absolutely. But Saturday night was special yeah, as yeah. well. As I said, yeah. winning the Champions League after the season we've had, the pandemic, well, I mean, everything, I, I, with 20 of your closest friends. Don't I, get any better than that. Well, I said it I said it in a tweet. I think it was when Alex posted her, her alleged, I, I now have to say, because I don't want to be sued by, uh, you know, uh, JK's theatrical legal team. You know, but when Alex posted on Twitter that uh, she'd found him and he was shitting himself, 
And I, yeah, see, there you go. There, you know, no, no, no. You say, I'll have my lawyers onto you. Uh, listen, mate, I'm the one with the cigar. I'm, I'll go all Eric Hall on your ass here. Monster, 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 monster. I'm wearing a mask, I admit, but I'm actually monster, monster. I'm doing that. I anyway, I was swearing at uh, somebody from the Manchester. point. The point is, is I, 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 you cannot even begin to comprehend the amount of joy I had seeing that photograph. To know that you two had found each other in the stadium, that a couple of my mates on the Chelsea fan cast were there, even though I wasn't, and I was, I was elated and gutted in the same breath, which is kind of weird. But then I kind of thought, you know what? But we won it, and and actually that's all that matters so fuck it and that's the point i think it really really is um now i'm we're, we're gonna I'm, I'm, i've decided we're gonna split the first part one into two parts but before i do talking about making an effort uh to to go I, I, and tim I, i've heard several stories like this by the way but this was like the best one and it was i think there was uh, another guy called matt actually who, who was with this guy but this was from nick bonnie who's at gate 15 on twitter and tim says of this guy tim roll says this guy deserves a medal pcr test results failed to arrive they couldn't board the club trip at gatwick on saturday morning undeterred they went to heathrow had a rapid test that tested negative onto luton airport boarded a hastily booked flight to porto and made the game and the other story which was from a guy called matt i think tells of, of the story about they were like ushered through Luton really quickly. People were really brilliant and not not bureaucratic and ridiculous like they normally are. But I mean, fair play to people like Nick and Matt who just didn't give up. They they did not give up in the face of insurmountable odds, very much like our Chelsea team, and they made it there. So fair play to them. And I and I'm going to finish this part on the most important tweet that I had all weekend, which was from our dear mate Steve or at Flymo100, who before the game. We were having a chat on on what on on Twitter and stuff, and and you know what we're we doing, what what are our routines, what what shirt are we wearing? We got our lucky shirts on, you know. And I was wearing the 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 one I got from Art of Football with Didier scoring the penalty. I felt that that would send the right vibes. Steve Steve sent me a picture of his underpants. <laughs> he actually was wearing his lucky underpants, and I know the boys can see it because they've got the strip. He's, he sent me the, he sent the. Well, I've got the photograph of his lucky, beautiful blue uh, underpants with, with red and black from wide stripes, and he reminded me to say, "Oh, and remember, it was the pants that won it." So now you know it had nothing to do with Kai Havertz or Tommy Tuchel. It was Steve's underpants that won Chelsea the European Cup. Uh, and talking of. Uh, Talking of uh, Kai Havertz, we're going to be talking about him and loads of other absolute legends and heroes from Chelsea on Saturday night after this break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters. And proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. A very special Chelsea Fancast tonight. A two-star Chelsea Fancast tonight. A Champions League winning Chelsea Fancast tonight with, uh, you know, a wonderful mix of people. We've got me, JK... Clayton, 
Hello. Uh, and the lovely Mark Meehan, who would... Uh, well, JK was lucky enough to go. Me, Mark and Clayton couldn't be there. And we've also got Mar- Martin Wickham, who was there. And, of course, our, our lovely friend Adam Newson, who was there as well. So it's a lovely kind of 50-50 split of those who were there, lucky enough to be there and those that weren't. So we hopefully get some good perspectives on it tonight. And uh, I think it's now we should concentrate a little bit on the football and actually what happened, having, you know, gone on a bit of an emotional kind of... Uh, you know, uh, I'm thinking, trying to think of something that isn't a rude word, really. But I think it was. I'll just leave it as self-indulgent. Should we leave it at that? I think. But why not? It doesn't happen very often. Although, luckily for us, it's happened twice. And I think there's many of us that didn't think it would happen once, let alone twice in their lifetime. But uh, Adam, um, how pleasing was it? Uh, <laughs> I've just thought of another question. I'll try and weave it into the same one. How pleasing was it to see? Uh, Kai Havertz score what what I think was a fantastic goal and what what turned out to be the winning goal in a Champions League final and was it surpassed by his reaction to Des Kelly and I think <laughs> as a journalist I, I have to ask you this uh I think so um <laughs> I, I didn't obviously I didn't know what had happened until my brother had sent me a text uh saying have you seen what Kai Havertz did after the game and I said no and then he sent me a link to the video and I thought it was absolutely fantastic on uh, Kai Havertz's part. Because um, it was probably a bit of a, a strange question at that very point. I thought, Ver- I thought Werner's reaction was funnier. I love Kai Havertz's Robin Friday impression, the man don't give a fuck, etc. But um, when Werner's like, I, I don't understand your question. And just like, fuck off, you're talking bollocks. I just, that, just, that made me laugh a lot harder. Although swearing on live television... Oh come we'll on, mate. Get my I mean, approval. it was it was it was the crowning moment for me. Des Kelly asked <laughs> a stupid question about the fact yeah, that Des Kelly's made a career. Yeah, I know, but he that's the point. Questions. That's the point. He deserves it. He <laughs> says, you know, does this make up for you being the most expensive player? And Kai says, I don't give a fuck. Actually, we just won the fucking Champions League. Go sort away, of, you stupid little prick. Basically, sort of mug now, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm yeah. It's that's I mean, our mate Tim from uh, Imart. Uh, oh, brilliant. Uh, uh, whatever. I can't remember what he calls it now, but he's our mate. I'm going to get one, actually. I'm going to see if we can do a deal with him and flog a few for the fan cast because it's just brilliant. Anyway, Adam, sorry, we hijacked that somewhat. No, that's fine. Kai Havertz, what a legend. Yeah, what a a story to to, to score that goal given the sort of season he's had. He's not had it easy for various different reasons, obviously coming in uh, quite late in ahead of the season, uh, starting, not really having a fixed position under Lampard's, then getting COVID really badly, then getting injured after Tuchel arrived. Um, yeah, it is an incredible sort of story for him to score that winner. Um, Not just that, Adam. He played wonderfully. He did, yeah. And and we can get to we we will get to this obviously, but I don't think there was a poor performance among the Chelsea team. I thought every single player delivered and at least an eight out of ten. Um, JK, I can see you suggesting Timo Werner in your head. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but his gonna... his his run to on the wing to to prevent um to 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 take uh, where was it away from uh, um, yeah. to open the hole yeah, yeah was yeah. was brilliant. That's and what those, he does, Jake. Indeed, yeah. indeed, absolutely. But you cannot rely on a man who is you know air shots. Well, for goodness' sake, you know, and uh, you know anyway. But no, Clayton, no, I think talk about that earlier, but we didn't get onto that. You know, so. I do think with Bernie, yes, yeah, those two chances that he missed in the first. 15 minutes I was sitting there going oh, come on man just just take <laughs> that a was chance very, that was very restrained of you Adam there's nothing like um, what I was saying mate. he, he, had, he, you. Had, tele- he had telegraphed you <laughs> in front of the uh, rest of the <laughs> but without him 
in that first half especially, I don't think Chelsea play anywhere near as well as they did. Um, the amount of times he was the outball behind the City fullbacks, yes, the amount yes. of times he ran into the wings to, 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 to get onto a pass when Chelsea were just knocking it long to relieve a bit of pressure. He was hugely important in, in making sure Chelsea got a foothold in that first half and, and controlled it in the way they did. So, yeah, obviously we all want Timo Werner to start scoring goals next season. That would be very nice. But um, kind of like John Ovi McCall, really, in the 2012 final, I don't think you can under uh, sorry overstate, uh, understate even how much of an important role he played uh, for Chelsea in this game. I, I thought it was beautiful, that, 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 that fine piece, even if I do say it myself, that I wrote for you lot, which you very kindly put up for me, even though you were like really, really busy flying off to Porto and things. Uh, and I was like listing all of these unlikely heroes. The one person I didn't mention was Kai Havertz. So I'm taking credit for that because I think that's like a reverse, that's a, like a reverse jinx, isn't it? You know, if I didn't mention the fact that he might be the unlikely hero, then there you go. I'm, I'm going to take the credit for that one. I mean, Adam, I think you make a brilliant point. JK echoed it. I'm sure we all do. I mean, I think the most phenomenal thing about that whole game for me was the and by the way chaps tonight just 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 you know come in whenever you want you know let's not like stand on ceremony tonight it's not every time we win a champions league and there's a lot of us here and you'll sit there waiting for hours so if you want to jump in you just jump in but i just thought that you know so rarely have we seen in recent history you know all 11 players in in chelsea's team absolutely on it completely on it and just so disciplined clearly doing everything i mean you know i, I don't think i've oh i have i did mention it in the script but christensen you know coming on and i thought that was going to be such a serious blow losing silver and i was gutted for silver but christensen coming on and and just giving the performance of his life i mean if you're a manager of a football team or any anything like this and and you, you're relying on the 11 people that you managed to, to do what you want them to do they bloody did it. I mean, they just did everything. They they gave the performance. Uh, frankly, they gave the performances of their lives. I mean, it was just a joy to see, wasn't it? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent, no, no doubt. And I think Christensen had done that before earlier in the season, where he stepped in after Silver got injured um, against Spurs and played magnificently. This is obviously a much higher stakes game, but he didn't put a foot wrong when he came in. And I, you know, speak as someone who has been extremely critical of him I'm like yeah all is forgiven and I recall from Munich um, we saw some of the younger squad players involved in the celebration lots of um, I can't remember Chalaber a few hours I can't Sam Hutchinson maybe one or two others and they were just like distinctly squad players that were along for the trip and we thought oh what a great experience for them you know this time we're two of them bloody starting you know it was it was unbelievable and it was just so heartening to watch, and uh, there were there were some, there will be some family albums that are going to look a lot more amazing from last weekend because I think Reese James, his old man, came out. His sister, I think, is due yep. to sign for the women's yep. team. I don't know if that's for certain. They all came out, and you know, um, Mason and his old man were there as well. It was just really lovely to watch, and then. You had um, Callum Hudson-Odoi trying to get into the crowd. <laughs> Do you know what? I was thinking in the in the uh, the trophy celebration, which, you know, obviously I, I had a much better view of than the one I did last time. Because if you remember in Munich, it seemed a long way away and it was hard to really tell. Well, it and was, I was way thinking... up in the gods. We and you were in the same area, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, we were, exactly. You were, you were literally so it was six way up in the gods. from me. Yeah. And this time it was like, I'm right down the yeah, front. So yeah. 
in terms of in terms of but literally was, had a completely different perspective and, on the do you know what thing. i like do you know what i like most about it well i was thinking at the time where's Bazingwa when you need him <laughs> You know, because actually this time we got it totally right. Aspie, you could see Aspie completely, all the key players you could see completely at the front where they need to be. Although I didn't really see Mount much in the, I think he was obscured a bit, but there was there was not a Basingwa and a Kalu moment, which really pissed me off, Mark. Basingwa was there. He, he was, was not the there. He was, he was in the stadium. Yeah, Are you serious? A, yeah, Palafera put a photo up. Um, oh, well, he's, he's ex-Porto, isn't he? They both, they both yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. Palafera put a photo up. The, the pair of them were together in the main stand. So uh, yeah, it would have been fantastic if we'd come on a picture afterwards and taken the trophy. Oh, that would have that would have been <laughs> priceless. That would have been priceless. <laughs> Listen, chaps, I mean, in spite of, uh, you know, obviously Kai gets the glory, gets the goal and everything, but... I mean, there can only. I mean, Kaiser Kai, as I named him a, a few weeks ago, which I think is becoming more and more apt. But King Kante, I mean, what an. <laughs> I mean, the, the superlatives about this chap. I mean, where do you go? I mean, he he was just astonished. I'm going to read you out what what uh, Henry Winter posted on Twitter actually after the match. He said, "Kante so relentlessly good at reading opponents' ta- attacks, quietly breaking them up, quickly building moves, covering the ground with two men." European club champion, world champion, title winner, and still the most humble man in football. And I think that that point, I mean, Liam, I think, said, didn't he, that there was an audible gasp in the stadium where he just took the ball off, uh, I think, De Bruyne's toe in the first half, but in the second half off Mares. And I remember it very vividly. It was just like, what the fuck? How does he do this? I mean, what an incredible, incredible performance by him. I mean, he was like that backer, of course. You know, he... Put in, I would say, the match-winning performance there. But I think, I mean, if, if there was a man of the match, even though they all played fantastically, Adam, that has to be Kante's man of the match, surely. Yeah, well, he won the UEFA award uh, for man of the match, which was his third straight man of the match award in the Champions League game because he was also near man of the match in both legs of the semi-final as well, um, which is an incredible feat. Chelsea are hugely fortunate to have N'Golo Kante. Um, in their side. He is a unique player. There isn't another player like him probably in world football. He is the very, very best at what he does. You cannot underestimate how smart a guy he is. I mean, you know, in years past, we you know, probably thought with Kante, yeah, he's brilliant. His athleticism is brilliant. He can get across the pitch. He can, he can do this and that. But the fact that he wins the ball so many times isn't because he's got great athleticism. It's because he reads the game probably better than anybody else on the pitch and gets into the right areas before things even happen. Um, I thought he was sensational at the weekend and it's sad almost to think that he's 30 years old and probably will need to be managed in the years ahead a little bit just because of his hamstrings. But for a big game, any big game Chelsea play, wrap him in, make sure he's wrapped in cotton wool beforehand because he is such a difference maker in this team, um, which is what we all knew going into it, which is why everybody was desperate uh, sort of after that Villa game. Everyone was like, we need Kante, we need Kante. Um, and he yeah, proved and why. He's been man- managed badly by previous managers, hasn't he? Well, I think he, 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 he came back. He came back from the Baku final. Yeah. He was patently unfit and then he wasn't right for months afterwards because of it. Yeah, exactly. The the sort of him being rushed back for that Baku final and then knock-on effect he had in Lampard's first season when he probably missed about half the games. Um, he is going to be have to have to be managed carefully going forward. But um, I think if Chelsea are able to sign another sort of a Declan Rice or somebody akin to that, 
it will enable Chelsea to and Tuchel to be a bit more selective with with how much they let Kante play next season. Mm. Yeah, he is he is some player. There's no doubt about that. I love I love this that I saw on uh, on Twitter from a guy called Whitewall at Lions of Munich, and he this is this this should be a song next season. But Blue Moon, you started singing too soon without a team with a heart. Kante tore you apart. <laughs> Very yeah, good. good, isn't it? Good. Very good. good. I mean, I did, I did tweet. You know, um, can what did I say? I can't remember. Ma- I was Mount, Mount. <laughs> I, I, I didn't choose Kanto. I did Mount. Mount will tear you apart again. I have to say, I loved all the uh, Chelsea FC's official Twitter account. Clayton absolutely winding up uh, City by uh, quoting various uh, Oasis lyrics at them, and and. Uh, matched only by i mean as you, you know you and i would have been privileged to see this in a sense because we were watching it on tv but when they they cut cut away to uh both liam and noel looking like sour weekends after we scored it was a joy well they they look like sour weekends even after man city score shameless um, you could say you could say that it, it uh, the twitter i mean it's been sort of Saturday night. I didn't want to go to bed. I didn't want to stop looking at my phone. It was, yeah, me it was too. just ridiculous. And it just continued all the way through Sunday and Monday. Um, and just seeing all the, the pictures the club were releasing and the individual photos that people were, were taking. It was just, a, I mean, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but the feel-good factor just, just didn't go away. I mean, I went, I went um, to a birthday party yesterday and... Apparently, I had a stupid beaming face uh, the whole the whole time, um, and it was quite lovely because uh, the, the the person whose party it was had basically taunted me during the uh, Aston Villa performance, and I hadn't risen to the bait, uh, and they kept going on at me, and I, I I just didn't come back to them, and then uh, on Saturday night, I just asked them how their evening was, and that was it. It's um. It's just been brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. And and yeah, I just, I think I've, I've mentioned it before and I think we have mentioned it. I mean, apart from N'Golo, who is just, well, as he's all just whacked lyrical about, and there, there isn't really anything you can say about him. We are a team. We are a team. And, and that's that's why we win stuff, because you, you wouldn't basically, you know, Kai's not there yet. Kai is going to be one of, one of the great the greats in the game. Well, like like Asby said in the well, well, just just before he, uh, you know, dropped the f bomb with Des Kelly. But uh, yeah. Asby was saying this kid's going to be a superstar. Yeah, he is. He is. And, and I, I, you know, I said it right at the beginning because I know that, you know, when you watch him play, he looks like he's on Mogadon, but he's, you know, he, he's he's brilliant and he reads the game so brilliantly and and. You know, the goal masked the fact that he had a fantastic, fantastic game. He he set so much up. I mean, the chance he set up for Pulisic, oh, which wow. we won't talk about. Oh, God. It's just... Right below me. Right below me, Clayton. I couldn't believe it. Didn't go in. We're all going, we want to see the the, the, the net just... just, just yeah, I mean, I, I turned away and started going, yeah! yeah. Uh, me too. And Tuchel just... fell on his knees. <laughs> yeah, but but you know it it it's but that that was habits. The ball was absolutely perfect, and and this guy once we've got the setup right, and once we've worked out where he's going to fit, 
he's just gonna he's just gonna be phenomenal. And I mean, it also makes you realise why he doesn't pick Giroud or Abraham when you see Havertz play like that. They'll be far, they'll be far too one dimensional with either of them up there. Absolutely, I do get that. But you know, if if you are Tammy Abraham's and you and you watch Tim week after week. And I mean, you know, God bless him. I mean, Tammy came on and, and celebrated like the best of them. You know, he, oh, he, he hasn't had a look in his it, it, it looked like a farewell. It did. He blew yeah, to, to, the crowd, to the crowd. Yeah, you know, but but you do you do actually. I mean, I don't want to concentrate on the negatives this evening of all evenings, but you do actually wonder. You know, he's he's developed so many people. So many players. You look at Rhys James. You look at Chilwell. You look at Rudiger. You know Such what he's done with those guys. Well. Yeah, and and you you just wonder to yourself why wasn't any of that time devoted to Tammy? I mean, we all know that we're gonna we're gonna get a striker, and you know, and that striker is gonna score goals because we're gonna get somebody decent in. And you also know that Tammy is going to score wherever he goes. He will get 20 goals a season wherever he goes. We all know that. And I just think it's, it's just a waste of a resource. Mark? I was just going to pick up that feel-good fact that, you know, the Kate was talking about until we started talking about Tammy Abraham. Sorry, um, sorry. Don't, don't worry, Kate. I agree 100%. I do. My heart goes out of Tammy, like, you know, he never, he never got a chance, and I really don't know why. You know, and we probably won't know until sometime in the future. But the, the whole sort of forty-eight hours afterwards, Twitter, listen to the radio when they weren't banging on about Man City. There was such a feel-good fact about Chelsea, and I listened to Martin Samuel, and you know they were doing an interview with him, and he gave his first ten out of ten to Kante. You know, talking about Kante, he'd never given a ten out of ten before, and he just said like watching him for ninety minutes, he said it was the most perfect performance. In all of his years, you know, covering sort of football matches, it was that good, you know. Uh, and I think the, the other description of Kante, and this is coming from a Tottenham fan and Danny Kelly, when he was talking about, uh, as we were saying earlier, when Pep put that team up, you know, and Danny Kelly sort of said, everyone else is speculating about, you know, is it overconfidence by Pep? And he said, if you're in N'Golo Kante uh, and you saw that team, you know, Man City formation on Saturday night, he said, no, N'Golo no, Kante just saw a menu. <laughs> <laughs> Love brilliant. it. Do you know what? Joe Cole, Joe Cole was brilliant on that, wasn't he? Uh, I'm going to say oh, Mark, Mark oh, and Clayton, he, because yeah. we would have watched it. But we saw a different side of I Joe Cole. I know you did. You were there. You were there, I know. But what he said I thought was brilliant about Kante. He said he's like a striker. Strikers sniff out goals. They just anticipate where they need to be to to put the ball on the back of the net. Good ones, anyway. Um, and he said he's like that. And, of course, Joe was a midfielder, so he would know. But he said Kante's like that as a midfielder. He just sniffs out where he needs to be to do the interception, to get the ball, to move it forward, to, to go on a run. He just sees the game in a in a completely different way than so many midfielders do. And he is a one-off, I think. He is five, he's five seconds ahead of everyone yeah, else. Incredible. It's like the digit. It's like, remember the years ago when before the analog TV signal got switched off and there was a five second difference between the two and got a can five seconds ahead of everyone else on the football pitch. It is uncanny. It is a sixth, seventh and eighth sense. He has, it's absolutely, yeah, he is, um, and and then Golo Kante didn't sign a professional contract until he was twenty two. Which God. um 
is incredible. He was playing in the French third tier eight years ago, um, which just makes you wonder how good the French third tier must be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Chid, you might you saw you might have just been moving on to this, but I think you could, as we said earlier, you could go through every single player. You know, as Pilaquerta was excellent, Rudiger understands that role on the left side of uh, the back three so well. How often he steps into midfield and it becomes a back four, and it, he sort of becomes the the second CDM with uh, Kante moving forward. The two fullbacks, I thought, or sorry, the two wingbacks, I thought were actually crucial in stopping City because uh, Mares and Sterling were meant to open up the spaces in the middle uh, by pulling out wide and Reese James and Chilwell just completely stopped them um, every time they tried to, to get past them. As I say, you could run through the whole team. We haven't even spoken well, about Mason Mount. <laughs> let, let me speak about somebody that, you know, I, I thought had a really good game but was actually very understated and that's Jorginho. How did, you, how did you rate his performance? Uh, very much like I've done a lot of his games in the Champions League, especially. He has been excellent in the knockout stages of the Champions League for Chelsea. Um, the control he's brought to that midfield has been really important. The, the His sort of positional play and the build-up has, has been really important to help Chelsea get out. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one because he has still chucked a couple of poor games in the Premier League, but credit to the guy in the biggest games this season uh both legs against Real Madrid Porto uh, and the final he he's produced um and it'll be very interesting to see what happens next because he's only got a couple of years left on his uh on his contract well indeed in the that... Champions League team isn't he of teams they they come up with a team of teams and uh um, there are seven Chelsea players in the squad I think and he's one of them yeah. fucking hopes after we won it well and, and, and yeah but and, and his and his performances against Porto or Letty Letty away and uh, Real Madrid at home I think yeah, yeah. Well, we said this on, on Friday we did didn't we yeah. we said that his his Champions League performances have been absolutely completely different from anything that he's it's because they don't press him like they do here exactly. they don't, exactly. they don't. But, well, but go on go on I was going to say that City should have set themselves up as Villa then shouldn't they yeah but Pep Pe- Pe- won't do that because he's too arrogant and I mean you know we talked about this before we went on air and we didn't really touch on it well, a little bit I suppose about his arrogance but Mark I think was asking what did I think when I saw the lineup, and I thought immediately he's dropped a bollock by not picking Rodri and Fernandino. we went through the side didn't we uh, on Friday with David and, and they were both in it well certainly Fernandino was and I just thought, my, my being kind to Pep, what I thought he was doing, and I think I need to go back to my notes uh, that I wrote during the game because I, I sadly wrote notes during the game. It kind of kept me sane. But I thought um, Pep's going out for attack, probably thinking that we can't score. So kind of like you boys were saying, that he kind of expect the City fans expected to be 2-0 up before we'd even had a sniff, you know, knowing that we just can't score more than two goals. And yet, yet, bizarrely, the same tactic that we used when we beat them in the semi-final, which was to play a quick ball to Chilwell, who then ch- chopped it over the back for uh, whoever it was. It was Zayich in the semi-final or whoever. Um, but in this instance, Werner or even Mount to then get hold of it, um, was succeeded every time. And he had no way of dealing with it because you float a ball up. Either Thiago Silva did it or Rudiger did it. Floats the ball up. Walker is tempted by the flight of the ball, runs towards it. Chilwell nips in flicks it down the wing to Werner or whoever. Yeah, and and, yeah. and we're, as an attack's creation, it's how we scored the goal. Well, we tried that three times in the first half. The third time it came off goal score because of yeah. the unbelievable precision of Mount's pass. You well, cannot, I have to say that one that every time I've seen that goal, the, the brilliance of that move just, just absolutely chokes me. It is superb. Mount's pass is, oh, 
completely what, out what of What was it like in the stadium? I mean, you would have had a different view than we would have oh, done. Well, that was to that thing of it almost time so Don't tell down. me you were, out, you were out at the bar or having a pee or something when that happened. No, no, that would have, I'd have to have stayed there if that would be the case for the whole part of the match. <laughs> no, it, 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 but if you got, I've got mates who've done that. We've come in here. They scored. Fuck off. Get back into the loop. I oh, know. We off. used to say that with Ross Mooring. You know, we only yeah, score yeah. when <laughs> Ross pees. We only score when <laughs> Ross pees. You know, that, what, what I loved about it was the time step. When, once um, Havertz had actually flicked the ball over Allison, who of course handled it, it would have been very interesting if Allison had got even more of a hand on it because he'd have been sent off. VAR would have had him sent off, but he just flicked it. And we, we're there, all of us in that moment, thinking, fuck, he's got the ball, goal, goal, <laughs> the ball past the goalkeeper. All he needs to do is roll it in. And there's that dreadful moment of remembering the Arsenal game. And you think, fuck, he's gonna, he might miss it. Jesus, he's going to miss it. No, he hasn't. He's just rolled it in. Phew, thank goodness. And then, then you go berserk, of course. I'm, I'm, I, Had, did I your a... end fall, JK? Or were you with the nice people at that point? Um, no, I was with them. Um, I was with. A, I was with an interesting um, demographic of the crowd. I was with a lot of kids. There were a huge number of kids there, Chid. Yeah, which was I saw that. Was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal for considering it's all supposed to be a bunch of oldies like ourselves. A lot of old were, gammons, mate. Yeah, yeah, they must be. That, that, was a, that was a sunburn. <laughs> and from just to say, from my point of view of, of the the Havertz goal, you could see it in the stands. You could see it coming a mile off. As soon as Chilwell knocked it into Mount, you just saw the space. Yeah. And I was just going, "Go Kai, go Kai!" And as soon and and you know, I trust you know trusted Mason because he's he's excellent to to get that pass right. But the, as J.K. said, the weight of it to tempt Edison out of his goal. And to give Havertz, Havertz was always going to get there, yeah. but to tempt Edison out, it was just perfectly weighted. He and, faded, he faded it. He actually faded it just in front, so it had a little arc on it, and it just finished on the edge of the penalty area. Do you remember? Do you remember Kaká's pass in the Istanbul game when he yeah. held it around Carragher for for Kalen Crespo actually to score? It reminded I celebrated me celebrated it like Kai's goal, mate. <laughs> it reminded me, that pass reminded me of that obviously there wasn't a defender to, to arc it around but it had a very similar trajectory to, to that one I tell you what I was thinking also Lampard to Ramirez in the, in the new camp or the camp new in 2012 yeah yeah very very yeah, yeah that Absolutely. is a good shout boys yeah. boys let's talk about uh, Mason Mount and uh, you need to t- you're on mute Clayton you, we, let's talk about Mason Mount and Reese James because uh, apart from everything else about, I mean, God, there's so, we we could do a ten. We're not going to, so don't don't worry. You, you looked a bit worried then, but we could do a ten-hour podcast tonight because there's so much to talk about. But Clayton, Mason Mount, and Reese James. I mean, it, I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we looked at that 2012 game, and that you know, when, when you look back, it's funny how your mind changes. You think, oh yeah, it must have been full of all the legends that we had at the Mourinho era legends at Chelsea, but that's completely not true a lot of them had already gone by then or weren't playing or whatever we had ryan bertrand playing we had uh Juan matter we had boss winger you know all of these kind of play Kalu, you know um but there was a, there was a real kind of end of an era feel to it wasn't there but to, to see a champions league final where we win with two academy players who who a year before last were playing for wigan and derby I mean, it's just astonishing, isn't it, mate? And and they were superb. I mean, I thought James was a contender for man of the match. I thought he was an absolute tank. I mean, that 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 push on on uh, Sterling to stop him. You're smiling, Clayton. I love it. To stop him to stop him scoring a certain goal. He was just brilliant. And Mount Mount just gets better and better and better. I mean, it's phenomenal, mate, isn't it? 
Uh, it, it is. And what I was trying to say whilst I was on mute, because our phone was ringing, so I thought I'd be kind, um, was Joe Cole's pass to Drogba. That was all against Valencia. Yeah. That was also like... Anyway, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's actually three youth players, because, uh, of course, Andreas Christensen yeah. has yeah. been in the, in the youth team as well. So it was fantastic. I mean, Reese James, as you know, is my son's favourite player. He excelled on the, on the fan cast a couple of weeks ago. And he was going mad because he was just phenomenal. I mean, the, the only time that he got outdone was that long ball and he got back and, and won it. Um, but it was just absolutely brilliant. I mean, I absolutely staggered that Ryan Sterling was picked because the last couple of times I've seen him play, he's just been pants. I've, I've never seen a player go so downhill in the last season. I think he's very lucky to be in the England squad. Um, and yeah, reset him in his pocket. I mean, that, that wonderful meme that was going around, <laughs> was it about... On a Euro, uh, sorry, boss, Euros. I've only got, I've only got <laughs> Sterling in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely fantastic. And Chili B, who, who basically didn't start off as the, the, the fullback when uh, Tommy T came, he's just got better and better. And it's quite interesting, isn't it, how he's developed his game to, to be a wing-back and he looks phenomenal. He looks absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the whole defence was just extraordinary. And, you know, and a word for Andreas Christensen when he came on, you know, the, the best thing you can say about Andreas Christensen is he looked like Thiago Silva when he came on yeah. in the way he played and how cool he is and, and that sort of footballer. We're, we're, you know, we're getting now back to that position and then the transfer window is going to be interesting, but we're getting back to that position of almost having two, not world-class players, but two really good players for each position. Yeah, We yeah. really are, especially in defence. And uh, we've got, you know, it, it, it's just great. And, uh, and Mason, I don't know what you say about him, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, th I think the interesting thing is that earlier this season, you know, when Frank was in charge, uh, and God bless Frank, and thank you for everything you've done leading up to uh, Saturday. Um, he was still getting abuse. He was still getting, oh, you're only being picked because, you know, Frank Lampard's your dad and, and all the rest of it. And that, that was what, four or five months ago? Now, I think the footballing world is actually taking note of, Re uh, of Mason. And yeah, he was, he was fantastic. And, and I think the last couple of weeks, he, he has looked quite tired. Uh, and not surprising. But Saturday, he just gave everything, and, and that ball was fantastic. But he does so much more. He does, doesn't he? And I, I think, actually, a really good point, Clayton. Um, you know, I mean, I, what Tuchel has done is phenomenal. Um, I mean, I, I'm, all, all, I'm tempted to say unheralded, but, of course, it's not unheralded because, of course, Romy Di Matteo took over and won us a Champions League. So it's not unheralded. But what he has done with this side and the way that they play and, and that confidence and that discipline. I mean, man-machining, they really are. In, 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 of course, you know, as we all know, Tommy Tuchel used to be in the band Craftwork uh, and they made a great album called Man Machining. But um, it's incredible what he's done with this side. But, Mark, you know, Frank Lampard, uh, I think, rightly deserves an awful lot of credit. You know, effectively, he put most of this team together. He, 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 he broke... Uh, the kind of voodoo spell about not ever playing young kids or academy players and, and not being successful with them. 
you know, Mason Mount and Reese James would not have been playing in that Champions League final if it hadn't been for Frank's foresight and encouragement. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. But my God, they're good players, aren't they? Oh, they are indeed. And again, it'd be interesting. Um, the club um, got 40 medals, you know, for winning the Champions League. So you've got the first team squad and there's 20 medals left over. I think it'd be a nice gesture if they find a way to get a medal to Jody Morris and Frank Lampard as well, if there's medals left over for the role they played. You know, if we didn't get through that group stage and win the group, we wouldn't have got through. Well, if we hadn't have finished top four last season, mate. And and go back one, yeah, if yeah. we hadn't qualified for Europe last year. So, you know, Frank Frank did a phenomenal job in taking us to where he took us. So he has to take a lot, a lot of credit. And I think, you know, wherever he was watching the game Saturday night, I think he would be a very proud man as well. You know, see, seeing those players who he gave the opportunity to, you know, really excelling on the, the European and world stage. Yeah. And I agree about Reese James. You know, I, I, I thought he was in with a good shout for man of the match. I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. And I think as a fullback, you, you win your battles. You, that's the first thing you learn as a fullback. And I played as a left back Sunday football. And James and Chilwell, they won their battles early on. And Mares and Sterling just were never in the game. You yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah. And again, you know, Chiwell's young. He could always be the next youth team player. He's, he's a very young player, is Chiwell. So we've got a really young side now. Yeah. I know the average age on Saturday was 27 years of age. Well, that's partly driven up by Thiago Silva. The moment Silva <laughs> sadly got injured, the average age plummeted. Like, and Christian, come on. And again, I, I do I mean, a lot of praise. T- take me, Jake. Well, does no, that's not going to work. It's a crap gag. Carry on. <laughs> you were going to mention me then, weren't you, Chid? No, I was, I was looking at you and then I thought, hang on, Clayton's and me and Mark were all quite old. So that's what not makes this work. worse is that Thiago Silva's the same age as me. Really? The other young player I mentioned is Chris Christensen as well. Is that when you think, like, you, know, you go back just over a year ago and the nightmare he had in the Champions League, you know, being almost written off as a player, you know, and. and it, talked about many times on this show yeah these probably days are numbered and the phenomenal job Tuchel has done with him that when he came in as you say it was like you know like Silver had never been on the pitch from the start of the game he, he fitted in so perfectly and had a fine game so yeah future is bright future is blue it is indeed uh, Martin just I know we've quoted Henry Winter earlier but there was saying in his article yesterday um, it's like quoting Henry V isn't it I would. I. I am not going to even try and do Shakespeare with an actor in our midst. But um, now is the winter. Long one, isn't it? Um, but it's Shut like, up. <laughs> <laughs> only the naive or those. Two I hate you, to JK. To... I really hate you. I love you and I hate you at the same time. If that's possible. Shut up, you. <laughs> Only the naive of those two arrogant to listen to Chelsea fans refuse to acknowledge Lampard's influence. That's come from Henry Winter. Really? I think there's a few on social media that would be in the um, former category and a few in the press box that are in the latter category, in my opinion. And it's well, it was a remark well made. And yeah, he absolutely should be getting medals. I believe AV, did AVB get one for 2012? Got something. I, I don't think it was a yeah, medal. Yeah, I thought he did. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. He, he, was, he was driving a rally car last week. <laughs> Fucking weird as anything. Just, like, was it? Yeah. Was I it swear a, to God. Was it a low block? It? Or, was it a low block or a high press? I have no fucking idea. It was a big ramp, from what I saw. Was it an organa? What was he called? What does he call it? An organogram. An organogram. No, I have no idea. He was just—he was driving in the rally Portugal, and he actually looked genuinely happy. Weird. So you should probably stick to that and not. He's manage a very weird today. guy, isn't he, Adam? You—you you very kindly had your hand up. Sorry, Martin. All right, I was going to say, AVB, I think, competed in the Dakar rally as well. So Yeah, um, he did. Yeah. I think he, cra- he, cra- he crashed in a sand dune or something like that. Yeah, I, I just wanted to yeah, echo, really. I think 
there are Lampard's fingerprints on this team. He he did a really important job in terms of moving Chelsea away from the David Luiz's, Williams, Pedro's who'd been here a long time to, to bring in this fresh blood. And yes, he brought through, and as 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 Mark said, it's important to realise Jody Morris's role in this as well. He brought through Mason and, and Reese and Billy Gilmore and uh, and brought Tammy back, but he was also instrumental in signing Ben Chilwell. He was Chilwell was a Lampard signing. Um, I think that's pretty much known by now. Um, and when Chelsea were trying to sign Ben Chilwell last year, there were a lot of people on social media saying, "No, we should go for Sergio Regulon. He's cheaper. He's younger. He's X, Y, and Z." But you know, and it's the same. You know, Lampard can spot a player for you may have his you know may have issues with his coaching, but he wanted Chilwell. He brought back Mason, he he incorporated him into the Chelsea team, he incorporated Reese James, he wanted to sign Declan Rice. Um, Kai, and, Kai and Timo came here because of Frank, because they knew who he was. Well, exactly. He had a reputation, the same as Thiago Silva, who, who actually did thank Lampard yeah. on Instagram for, for bringing him to the club. So you, you, you can have issues with Lampard, the coach, but his importance to this team and, and how he's transitioned it and how he transitioned it during his, his spell away from a lot of players that had been here a few years um, was really important. And I hope he, he does receive a medal from the club because because he would deserve one. Indeed, yes. Um, I'm just going to round this part up with somebody that we haven't mentioned. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I did a tweet. I did a few tweets on Saturday. And I was a bit... I had, I had, had a Pissed. lot of... I, I mean, the, the, the nightmare of watching it on on one's own, it's, 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 it's quite horrible. But I had to anaesthetise myself, which I did... With my very large supply of Guinness, I, I did that at the FA Cup final, and it didn't end well. Well, no, I mean, as Mark can attest to, he saw me afterwards. Well, indeed, indeed. But <laughs> that was a lovely way to end the evening, Martin, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the guy on you on the other table, you were the, you're awful quiet over there. Like, Shut up, I don't want to speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bloody nuisance, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh no, that's now not him. That's some other bloke. I've known him for years, but. Brilliant. Well, look, I, I said this of uh, Cesar Aspilicueta. I said, of all the players I'm most chuffed for, Cesar Aspilicueta, always underappreciated, but an absolute rock for this club. Good guys do get what they deserve. Bravo, mi capitan. And and I, and I think it of, of all the emotional stuff that was floating around at the final whistle, I, I really genuinely... I mean, poor old Dave gets... A really hard time, doesn't he? We bought him for seven million quid from Olympic Mayonnaise, or well, sorry, Mar- uh, whatever they're called, you know, Marseille. 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 No, I'm thinking of Olympic uh, Mayonnaise. Leonay. Leonay's. Yeah, yeah Leon. Now we did sign him from Leon. That's right. Well, I, you know, I might have a bottle of champagne in. Be be, be nice to me. Anyway, sorry, Olympic Beaujolais in, all right? Okay, <laughs> Olympic champagne. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but we bought him for seven million quid from Olympic Marseille. Um, we bought him ironically just after we won the Champions League, of course. Um, He's been played in all sorts of different positions. Uh, I've written about it saying I think his legs have probably gone, which they, well, I, I don't know. I'm beginning to think about it, having seen him in the last few weeks. But, you know, he, he never seems to get applauded in the way that somebody who is, I think he's in our top 10 appearance makers now. Uh, Tuchel's played him more than anybody else apart from Mount. Uh, he's won everything in the game now. I mean, I think it's about time we afforded Dave a huge amount of respect and a huge amount of love because apart from everything else he is a he is a he's a really nice guy he's lovely he's a really lovely person if you've had the privilege of meeting him which i'm sure adam has i have and he's he's a really lovely bloke you know and and i think it was just uh just wonderful to see him 
you know he you know there are only two people that have lifted a european cup for chelsea as captain and that's him and frank lampard and frank lampard is without doubt the best ever player we've had but i think dave needs to be absolutely applauded and afforded huge legendary status adam Yes, no, I completely agree. And I'm going to plug a piece I actually wrote today. Um, I didn't know, about, honestly. About did, you didn't that, slip me a fiver. It's not uh, true. Um, yeah, because I look back over, as you said, he's played so many different positions. He's won the Europa League playing uh, as a right back in both finals. He won the Premier League under Jose in a League Cup playing as a left back. He won the FA Cup um, and Premier League under Conte as a right centre back. And he's won the Champions League as a right centre back. And to be able to do three different roles and do them so impeccably well. I think it's some people need to start having a conversation about Cesarez Piliqueta being not just a Chelsea legend, but one of the finest defenders of his generation. Um, he is has been absolutely fantastic for Chelsea. I would agree with you. I think maybe his days as a fullback are potentially over just because he can be a little bit exposed, and we did see that earlier in the season. But in this role that Tuchel's Chids got him... wrote him off, Adam. Chids wrote him off. Yeah. Earlier I, on I, honestly, there were a couple of games where you could... Thanks, you know, JK. Think... <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, Chids. Absolutely true. You said his legs have gone. No, that's but... it. He needs to leave at the end of the season. You said that. Man City at home, he was given such a tough time by Phil Foden and even Fulham away, which the game that Chelsea won until Anthony Robinson was sent off, he was getting past Aspi quite a bit. So I understand where Chidge was coming from. And I had a similar feeling that Aspi isn't probably able to play that, that uh, uh, fullback role that well anymore. Saying that, the position that Tuchel's put him in now, he's absolutely perfect for. He's not as exposed out what in wide areas his pace of maybe his lack of pace isn't as exposed. And his defensive instincts are just still so on point. And we saw that when he he got back to stop, I think it was Gundogan or maybe having a tap-in at the back post. Um, he, he kicked over the bar. Yeah, he, he he's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, an absolute Chelsea legend. And yeah, as you say, he's a, he's an absolutely lovely guy and the sort of person you'd want as club captain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the sort of person the club want as club, club captain, which may or may not be a good thing per se, but... I mean, he is an absolute superstar. He really is. I love him to pieces. But the other thing about about him, actually, and I think that, you know, this is because, I mean, you know, Adam, I mean, me, JK, Clayton and Mark all grew up with very different sorts of captains. You know, they were, I mean, although, you know, the outlier there, of course, chaps, is, is Colin Pates, who was a very quiet sort of chap and he kind of led by example didn't even thought, know he was captain yeah well he was yeah I mean, he beat, so yeah but he was a very different sort of chap and and you know but you know we all grew up with tub thumping captains you know the j i mean even if you're quite young jt is the mm-hmm. embodiment of the kind of captain i'm talking about and dave is so clearly very very different but you know all the managers say what a great leader he is and it just shows you that you don't have to be a big shouter and a and a and a big personality if you like to to lead people you can do it quietly and you can do it with authority and the thing that i take away from from dave's performance on on saturday night apart from all of that is that you know there is a player who i mean you know ron ron harris used to fa- famously said to roman when he turned up well, you know, you see that wall over there, Mr. Abramovich? I would run through it for Chelsea, is what he apparently said. Uh, that was that was a, a very bad impersonation of Ron, I admit. But <laughs> I thought he said I, could, I got there as soon as I could. Yeah, get your late tackles in early, mate. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, Dave would have laid his life on the line for, for his teammates and his club on Saturday night. And that's the kind of player he is. And I, I think that speaks volumes about somebody's character and personality and leadership. And I, I applaud him hugely. Now, on that point, we're going to go to a break. Uh, but before we do, uh, another chap who, of course, we all know is a fantastic leader and who sadly wandered off on the 39th minute having done his groin which was a great shame because I think everybody has warmed hugely to Thiago Silva this season. What a player he is, eh? Anyway, football prizes uh, have got a new competition, so you can win a Thiago Silva signed and framed Chelsea shirt in the at football, prize, at football underscore prizes live draw. Tickets are four ninety five. The competition ends tomorrow, Wednesday the 2nd at 7.30pm, so don't miss out. Um, this is pinned to the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed, but uh, the link is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Tiago Silva. Um, now, last time I looked, there are about 15 tickets left, so get on it quick, people. Otherwise, you will miss out. Now, uh, after the break, we're going to get a bit more. We're going to get a bit philosoph- uh, philosophical, if I can actually say it, uh, largely because I've drunk lots of champagne and I've smoked a big stogie. So it's time to like quieten it down a bit, I think. So we're going to like talk about what happens next. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, uh, part three. I am Stamford Chidge. I am a two-star Champions League winning supporter of Chelsea Football Club, uh, as are all of my wonderful chums who have joined us, uh, joined me, in fact, for a very celebratory Chelsea Fancast. And they are, of course, Jonathan Kidd. Yeehaw! Mr. Clayton Beerman. Yellow. The wonderful Adam Newson from Adam Dot Newson from Football Dot London. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Good to see you, Adam. Uh, the lovely Martin Wickham. Bonjour. And the absolutely fantastic uh, brain box that is Mark Meehan. Hello, everybody. Yeah. I mean, Mark, I'm going to ask you a quick question because, you know, I mean, I, know I, I could ask this of Jonathan and Clayton, but I'm going to ask you because uh, you, you've been so heavily involved with the club for such a long time. You've written loads and loads of books on, on Chelsea and the Chelsea Independent and all of that kind of stuff. In your wildest, wildest, wildest dreams, did you ever think that would even win an FA Cup again in your lifetime, let alone two Champions <laughs> Leagues? Honestly, no, no. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I, I'm, an, I'm an optimist, and I think I don't know if I said it on here on, on an article I did for CFC UK when we lost to Sunderland in the FA Cup in the replay up at Roker Park in '92. I thought we are never ever going to win anything ever. So I was just chuffed to bits when we won the FA Cup in 97. Uh, I'd have taken the Cup Winners' Cup and sort of said, that's it, you know, two trophies in a year. So everything that's happened since, never in my wildest dreams. You know, so, you know, I remember coming back from Munich in 2012 um, and our train broke down, talking about problems with journey, journeys back. Um, and we had to get a cab from God's, Hamburg or somewhere to Bremen Airport. But while we were waiting, the three of us said, actually... It doesn't get any better than this. And it doesn't really matter if we ever win a trophy ever again. But look at all the trophies we've won since then. So, 
Yeah, if you, you said to me 20 years ago, yeah, in 2021, Chelsea had won all these trophies. And by the way, they'd have won two Champions Leagues. I never would have believed you. Sorry, two European Cups. I'm old school. Yeah, no, quite right. But I mean, this is the point. I made it earlier. Yeah. You know, I grew up watching Liverpool win, you know, European Cup after European Cup. I mean, English teams won something like seven uh, European Cups in eight seasons. But Liverpool won it. Forest won it back to back. Villa won it. You know, and, and we were in the second division for a lot of that period. And uh, it was horrible, which is one of the reasons why I can't stand Liverpool so much. But, you know... But, so, but it's, it's, it is interesting as well now. All, all the stick we get, you know, that we were only inventing in 2003. We've now got more European trophies. The only team that's got more than us is Liverpool. Yeah. Well, we've got more Euro- yeah, exactly. We've got they've got nine European trophies, and of course, we won a European trophy before they did. Yep, in seventy one. But we've now overtaken uh, Man United, who have got five European trophies. Admittedly, they've got more European cups, but we've. I mean, I mean we're kind of racing along here, Mark. But it doesn't really matter. Bollocks to it. Let's do it. We've uh, uh, we've now. I think we're the first team in football history to win all three major European trophies twice. So. Right. Uh, yeah. European Cup Winners' Cup, Athens and Stockholm, 71-98. Euro- Europa League uh, uh, in Amsterdam in 13 and back in 2019. And now the Champions League or the European Cup, as we all like to say, in 2012 and 2021. Um, and as I said, I mean, I even wrote it here, but we, we are the, we're now officially the second most successful English club in Europe. Six trophies to Man United's five. Uh, and Liverpool's nine, and we're 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 still the fourth most successful club in England behind Liverpool with forty three trophies, mostly league titles. United on forty two again, mostly league titles. Arsenal on thirty, and we've got twenty five, and City have got twenty two. And people think that I'm mad, but I I I, I have this bookmarked, this website bookmarked on my phone. And it just lists the uh, trophies that every English club has won, because I'm a bit Fergie-like with this. It, you know, my my my. I think I think even in my well, in, probably in my lifetime, Liverpool and and United will be out of reach. But, but John, aren't Arsenal supposed to be the most uh, the best team? In only London? according to Perry. And if you've exactly. ever got drunk with Perry, you will understand the uh, the. the uh, well, the well, the the decomposition of brain cells that is involved with drinking heavily. That's yeah, all no, I'm prepared to say. I don't think they've won a, a, a European trophy for quite a long time. They've they? won. The they've won two trophies. They've won the. They won the Fairs Cup and the Cup Winners Cup. Cup Winners Cup. Yeah. 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 Can I just say for a second? Just to, to can I? Can I just finish was... my point first? Oh yeah. Okay. Could I just wanted to say. I just want... Yeah. 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 I just wanted to, to, to say that I'm Fergie-like with this. Arsenal have won 30 trophies. We've won 25. I want to hunt those fuckers down. Period. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry, J.K. Just, just, just. Well, are you including yeah. super cups say, and all that? No, 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 no. They're not included. Um, Mark, Mark, you, in '92, you were saying I don't believe we could actually ever win anything again. And then the the problem is because I'm so old, I'd actually seen the progress suddenly from the second division under Doherty into a team that you just thought actually they can win everything. And it was to do with a manager and a group of players. So I've always had that feeling. Well, then, then we then got the team under with Osgood and we got all those great players then and we then started winning everything. So I've had these little islands of success, which I've just thought, yeah, we can do that. So even though we weren't winning stuff, I never, ever thought we'll never, ever not win anything again, just because of this knowledge. All I kept thinking was which manager can come in and spread his magic dust. That's always been my feeling about 
about Chelsea. And so it's always been down to management and getting players around him that he encourages. So to actually see this taking place, the embodiment of this in a manager who can take a squad, many of whom we completely wrote off and made them into this unbelievable team, because it has been completely unbelievable. But as I say, as yet believable, the way he's just got them playing is uh, it sort of it it um, it confirms my um, uh, my my hope the hopes I've always had since I was little, and it comes from watching Terry Venables and um, George Graham and Bobby Tambling and uh, Ron Harris and John Hollins uh, in 1965 and 66, and just thinking. He's done this with a group of players. He's just made them play this exhilarating style of football, which previously, you know, they're in the second division and they couldn't quite, they were coming out of it, doing it. Before that, 61, they were relying hugely on one player, on Greaves. It was almost like a kind of hazard moment. They were relying on him. And he's, but now, then Doherty came in and just transformed them in the same way that player managers come in, Conte transformed them, um, uh, who went, but Sexton transformed them. And so we're now in a position where, you know, for all that the Frank, the good that Frank did, he did write them all off, and he has managed Tuchel to actually make this into a phenomenal team. And but so I'm now completely acquisitive, Mark, acquisitive. I don't want to go like 2012. That was the best ever. I now want right, win it again next year, win the title, keep on winning it, create a dynasty, absolutely just win everything. That's, and that's the little boy in me. I'd but, love to win the lot, win the fucking lot, all four of them. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody can then go, oh, God, they're quite good, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam would, I would quite like Chelsea to win the Club World Cup. Well, should, can, I, can, I, can I pause on that? Because I want, I want to finish up on that. And, and I, I totally, totally agree with you. Uh, but I think Jonathan makes a, 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 a fantastic point there, actually. And it's, it, this is why it's so lovely having you on, because you... You have that perspective that I no no no, but in a lovely way, you know, you have that perspective of the sixties that I don't have, and it's really absolutely on point. Here's a question for you: When we won it in 2012, we had Robbie Di Matteo, who no none of us expected to be a manager. His previous job was, I think, was at West Brom. You know, he was as untried in in many respects, even more untried than Frank Lampard was. We've now won the European Cup with. I think an elite manager, a manager who is up there with the, um, you know, the best in the world, you know, the Contes, the Allegros, you, uh, the Klops, you know, he's that level of manager. He's wouldn't he's you, been so in, employ Conte in that phrase. Wouldn't Antonio Conte's man? Well, certainly because you because you you have a beef with him because he threw his toys at the pram. But you look at his record; it is it is phenomenal. No, the bo- the bottom line is. Is that Tuchel in four months has has, has done done something wonderful with this team? And we've won the European Cup. He's not Robbie Di Matteo who's going to screw up in three months' time and get fired. We could be on on the on the you know cusp of a of an absolute dynasty here. Okay, I know it's Chelsea. He'll probably be gone in eighteen months. But <laughs> that's generous. <laughs> you know, we've got an elite manager here who is who is hungry. I mean, one of the wonderful things that I, I was reading all weekend was what he was saying to Roman was saying, No, 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 mate. This is not the end. This is the beginning here. You know, I, I want to go on and do this again and again and again. Maybe, 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 maybe Roman has found his match here, Adam. What do you think? Potentially, although I'm very wary, as you said, it is, it is Chelsea. Yeah, I, know. Um, I know, I know. 
It's the champ. It's the champagne talking. Yeah, I mean, sorry, JK. No, I'm going to say that Tuchel just wants to prove himself as well. We've got Tuchel at the right time because he he hasn't proven himself on the world stage. It's, it's an opportunity for him to, to 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 become a legend, become a world a world legend, not just a Chelsea legend. He can win everything. I really do have that faith in him as a manager. Completely he's got phenomenal. he's got he's got that kind of really weird psychopathic streak in him, and I mean that in a nice way, not in the way that most people will understand it. You know, he wants to win shit. He's like Pep. He and Pet, I saw a fantastic piece on BT before the match with this German guy who was a, a technical analyst or something at Bayern who witnessed uh, a kind of a almost accidental meeting of Pep and uh, Tommy Tuchel in a restaurant in uh, Munich. And they sat there like kids talking tactics and, and they were remembering you know, what happened in the 61st minute of a match that had happened 10 years before. I mean, it's, they're just, they're, they're nerds, they're geeks, they're obsessed with this. You know, we might have a Pep on our hands. I think that's what I'm saying, because whatever happened on Saturday, and we know that Pep has these brain fart moments, but you look at what he's won. He's one of the best managers that's ever been. There's no doubt about that. We might have a Pep on our hands here. And I think that, that Tuchel is nutty enough, single-minded enough to be that guy. I mean, it, you know, it, it's really, really exciting. Who wants to dip in on that one? Well, I think I think he's also had a bit of a point to prove as well, because at Dortmund he followed Klopp. At PSG, you're expected to do everything, and he got sacked. So it was he he lost the final last year, and he got, couldn't move around. He's I think he had a broken ankle, so I know his foot was in plaster in the final last year. Why well, so. didn't wear the lucky shoes, Martin? Well, yeah, maybe, but he does look like someone who feels he has a point to prove. Um, maybe being seen as following Klopp has, you know, driven him a little bit. He's the, the only concern I would have, and this is a year away, is if he does fall out, he needs to be backed in what he wants in terms of transfers. There's been stories leaked about him being interested in certain players, and I, I do hope it's followed up with, you know, certainly his, his stock will never be higher. So, What I will say on that is he spoke about a month ago about transfers, and he did say that obviously there were positions he wanted to improve, but if he wasn't a going to go to war with the Chelsea hierarchy over it, and b if if it didn't happen, he was very very happy with this squad anyway. Um, whether or not that was smart PR on his 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 part, we'll see. But I agree with with JK uh, and Martin. I think Chelsea have gotten took at exactly the right time. Um, he has learned his craft. He has had the big, big experience of a club with the demanding club at PSG. He is a, a complete football obsessive. And I don't know if I would say he's a, a, our own pep because I think Guardiola is uh, just, yeah, the, the way he revolutionised the game, I think, is is, is a one-off. But I do think Tuchel, Tuchel himself has said he's completely influenced by Guardiola. So if we've got a guy who's as obsessive as Guardiola and is as smart as Guardiola, the hope is that is that we don't go with Chelsea on him in about 18 months when there's a bit of a sticky spot. But the the interesting thing about that, Adam, is that, you know, Chelsea fans as a whole have always really loathed Guardiola. You know, I mean, I could be, this could just be me, but I, I know a lot of mates of mine would agree with this. You know, they see him as the inventor of tick attacker, you know, arse gravy football, weak football. We loved the fact that we shat on them in 2012. <laughs> You know, there was a period of time when Pep Guardiola had never beaten Chelsea, no matter what team he had. And that was just joyous because, 
you know, he was everybody blows smoke up his ass about being the second coming of football and all of the rest of it. And there were we shit housing our way and winning trophies. <laughs> and we love it. I mean, the whole thing about this weekend was very much that kind of narrative. It was Chelsea. No, nobody cares about Chelsea. Nobody likes Chelsea. Nobody's given them a prayer. They can't play football. This is the god of football, and he he deserves this moment. And we shat on it. We did a big dump on the boardroom table, and I love that. However, what I like about Tuchel, if he's an acolyte of Pep Guardiola and the beautiful game, he may well be. But he's effectively shit housed his way to European Cup this season. He he's got the sense, unlike a lot of these tick attacker obsessed managers to adapt to the needs of the situation. And if you're yeah. playing a more talented team, don't open the door for them and pull your pants down. You know, be tough, be disciplined, be rugged, be naughty. I mean, it was wonderful, weirdly. And I mean, I know a lot of people might disagree with me when I say this. It was wonderful to see players like Jorginho going down like he was shot when actually it was his fault that he'd jarred his knee. <laughs> or Dave doing the same. You know, he's, he's getting into these players' heads saying waste time play the manage the game and that's you know that's not what tick attacker obsessed pep guardiola type managers do so tuchel's got a bit of shithouse about him and he likes to win and i love it i love <laughs> it what wasn't that what we said when he came in the the one thing that he had he ingrained in the team even after a month which frank didn't have and that was game management we lost so many games with Frank as manager or threw away so many points because we were just doing stupid things in the last five, ten minutes. You know, I sort of just really insane things. I don't even remember last year when we lost 3-2 to West Ham oh, and Rudiger <laughs> gave away a corner in the, first, like in, the, in the 45th minute with possibly one of the worst bits of ball control you've ever seen. And they fell over it, didn't yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just, it was, it was comical. And then the Armalenko winner at the end, where Alonso yeah. just decided to go for a dawdle somewhere, and you know Neville went on one of his usual. Yeah. I'm not having that. Yeah. I'm not having that Alonso and all that crap. But the, the game management was appalling, and and, and that's within, all changed now. Within weeks yeah. of him turning up, maybe this was yeah. just me disass- disassociating myself from the games a little bit during that period of time for other reasons but I just we'd go a goal up and it's just like okay job done I'm not worried about anything now because they just instantly look so much more controlled in every aspect of the game uh, I think you know we beat Tottenham at White Hart Lane it was just there's no threat here um, I think I think there was a game I think it was uh, Bramall Lane same thing and it just looked far more in control even though the margins were a lot tighter on paper but I didn't think we looked that in danger at too many points there's, there's cert- certainly I think Chidge mentioned it I, there's certainly a little bit of the Mourinho factor in not, not in terms of management but in terms of us going into a lead and I think the only difference between perhaps that side and, and what this side can achieve and where we're lacking is that at the moment we don't seem to be able to, to come back when we're losing, but he'll get that. He'll change it. it. I mean, this is, this is going to be the fascinating thing to see what happens in the transfer window. And next season, do we go to a back four? Because 
you know, if you look at our, our central defenders, you look at Rudiger and Christensen and how well they've played, you know, can you not say that those two can do it on their own and you put another person in midfield? It's going to be really interesting to see how we develop as a team. Yeah. And, you know, just going back to what you're saying, and I, I don't know whether this is a football supporter thing or whether this is a Chelsea supporter thing, certainly in the Roman um, era, is that, yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. But Conte was great and fantastic. Jose was great and fantastic. Carlo was great and fantastic. <laughs> oh, Clayton, Clayton, Clayton. You know, and, and you just know. You were all saying, oh, yeah, is this. Know, we're going to build know, a dynasty and yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, and then Gus comes in in March next year. No, <laughs> I don't, you know. It, 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 it's us. I mean, that this whole hire and firing thing. Everybody in football wants to hate it. But after this Saturday... Everybody in football is, well, I don't know why, but it works. Oh, and it, is, it does. No. And it has done. And, and, you know, every time we do it, we're going to run out of managers. Okay. No, we're not. <laughs> somebody else will come along and somebody else will do it. Well, okay. I mean, I, 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 I will allow JK a minute or two to extol the virtues of the wonderful referee. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll let him do it now, in fact, because, you know, we can't let this go. What a wonderful refereeing performance that was. And it just makes you realise how shit our referees are, JK. It certainly worried me when he did a fist pump with uh, Mount at half-time. I thought, oh, God, has he slipped him a fiver or something? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he had, he I wonder what you bit, were going to say then. He, he did look a little bit like Spanish Mike Dean. Oh, God. Yeah, but he was really... about 100 times better. Well, it was that whole pulling Rudiger up and flashing the yellow card. That I liked. I liked you, that. I no, liked. you complete and utter bastard. I like, I, like, I like the fact that the handball decision, you know, he was, I mean, but I mean, on a serious yeah. point, he was clear about it. He said, no, no, no. Yeah, but also the arm. other thing to, thing to remember is he was very up with the game. He wasn't standing 35 yards away like our blokes do. He was absolutely on it. He was really, the, I mean, it's, I think it's probably easier to, uh, to referee a game when both sides are, are pressing each other so that you haven't got an enormous amount of you're not chasing the ball up the field when it's been lumped up there in some games but uh, no that's, that's ridiculous isn't it because so many teams play 10 behind the ball but even then if you watch the refs they're they're taking the easy way out he didn't do that he he made sure that he was he was absolutely in a very good position he also worked brilliantly with his linesmen you could see they were all mates from the very beginning because they all, you know, he'll put his arm around them and 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 they they exchanged high fives, having a big chat with them. You create teams of people that you're all on the same level, and that is once again I keep going on about this. They're not on the same level, our refs and linesmen. There is a distinct deferment between between the three of them. Between, let's say the 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 linesmen defer to the ref, and it's that terrible continental thing that the the fourth official has got, which is that they come up and they don't debate and have a conversation with you, and the 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 manager doesn't you know chat and you smile and grin at them they they come up and they they've got a stern look on their face they order you around these fourth officials they won't they won't have any um any truck with uh, with any kind of insolence it's a very different setup it's a very different power setup um but uh, but he was you couldn't fault his being on the spot so um and he, he looked very, he looked very confident in very, the very making confident. as well. Absolutely, and that's not always a good thing. But he looked like he was. Look, there's no debate. It's and the handball 
no way it's well, giving yeah, all the, that away. Saying, so you, you can't give it. Well, people were saying there's no, uh, there was no need for VAR. VAR was being subtly done all the way through. It just yeah. wasn't being, yeah. it didn't come up. It was, you know, they'd done the check. It didn't flash up. VAR check done as we get. They'd done it. You could see that that was, it, it had been, it had been all taken care of because they're, they're watching as well what's going on. I mean, I was, I was surprised that, um, Rudiger got away with just a yellow card, actually, because I, I felt at the time that he'd he'd done him, and yet I suppose you, I saw it back in the following day. Should have day. been a yellow card on De Bruyne for running I into him, mate. I no, don't no, think. No, it, I think it was. No, it. no, no. But from where we were, we thought, oh, he, he's has he done him? And then when he gave him the yellow card, he just thought, well, I presume it's just been a clash, though. But, but ultimately, was it Martinez <laughs> said that he thought that Rudiger had deliberately? I mean, you wouldn't put it past Rudiger, would you, really, for? Uh, I wouldn't be Roberto Martinez making an anti-Chelsea comment, would it? Yeah, funnily enough, it was actually Clayton. Yeah, on a, Bel- on a Belgian player, who knew? <laughs> anyway, Adam was laughing. I wonder if it, Adam, were you about to come in with something? Oh, or you just, just laughing? Uh, I mean, you can. I thought it was amusing you saying that KDV should have been booked. <laughs> well, you know, ramming me. his ramming his face into Rudy. Really no, I know. <laughs> he headbutted him, mate. It's obvious. <laughs> Yellow card, mate. Yellow card. I mean, but look, it's just it's... interesting to go back to the ref. How it it can work if you get the right the right levels. You've got you've got working as a team with the linesman who are on the same level with. He's not preening. He's not um, superior. There is they're they're working together, and uh, um, it it just creates a completely different environment. And VAR then works because yeah. it's. It's uh, it's an added adjunct to what he's he's attempting to achieve, and he doesn't lose control at all. It, uh, it, it's it's the the energy was absolutely different from English referees. It was so. Pep's obvious. not a fan of him either. Well, no, it's because he because he hates uh, Catalans, doesn't he? I mean, we had David saying this on Friday that he was really really worried about the referee, but I'm sorry, you know, the reality is he refereed refereed that game very very well. I mean, I take the point about the Rudiger on on De Bruyne, but. I think that would have been a very hard... Was, that, was De Bruyne, was he concussed at that? Because I saw him going off in tears and it, I've seen American footballers get suffer concussion and break down like that. Was it just because he realised, you know, bits of his face were broken? Uh, who knows, Martin? I think he, he ended up fracturing his cheekbone, I think his eye socket. His so orbital. He was probably, yeah. he was probably he's a, in a he, fair amount of pain, I imagine. He, he's out, he's out of the Euros. play in the European Championship. Well, look, that, I mean, apart from everything else, I mean, my, uh, apart from everything else and my rather pithy comment about the fact that he should have had a yellow card for running into Rudiger's shoulder, I, I, you know, I feel for him, you know, it's the biggest game he's played so far, perhaps, and uh, nobody... And he didn't turn up. Well, he didn't turn up, but I mean, nobody, nobody wants to. See, I mean, he's an ex-Chelsea player as well. You don't want to see him go off injured like that. But you know, I think I did, I did at the time. Well, no, so well, I mean, you know, I did. Um, and I the quote, whole bar was cheering when he went off where we were. Uh, it's only listen on on a purely human level. You're exactly right, and of course, you wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. But if it was going to happen to anybody, it happened to him. Right. That was very convenient. My notes, my notes. Never fail me, Clayton. Rudiger and KDB collide. Obstruction by Rudiger. Yellow card. KBD still down. Let's hope he stays down. That's what I wrote <laughs> at the time. <laughs> the the, the oh, only thing good. was at the end when they gave seven minutes, for, for I thought he'd been down for longer. So yeah. we were like, rather than going, oh, fucking hell, seven minutes, we went... Oh shit! That's probably he's probably underestimated that. It still felt like seventeen minutes, but we thought it was we thought it was going to go into double figures on the board. Oh, I know. So I know. Anyway, right. What happens next, people? Um, my own view on this is that 
you know, I mean, I think you could you could make a very good case for saying that when Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012, they screwed it up royally the next year, even though they bought, you know, the best player. Uh, you know, everybody everybody wanted Eden Hazard and we signed him and uh, we wouldn't have done that had we not won the Champions League. But basically, they really made some phenomenally stupid mistakes, not least of which was hiring Rafa Benitez, of course. Ah! Uh, yes, indeed. Rafa out. Anyway, so we made some appalling decisions. We never really progressed. And we've been paying for that, I reckon, for the last seven years. What we cannot do is allow the same mistakes to happen. So for my, uh, I would say two things need to happen. No, three things need to happen. One is they need to spend the money judiciously and plug the gaps that they currently have with world-class players. I mean, we all know we need a defensive midfielder. We all need we need a spine still. Even though we've got some good players and a couple of world-class ones, arguably, we still, I don't think, have a spine. And we certainly don't have a striker. They need to go and spend money, go large. That's what all the great teams from the past, Liverpool particularly, used to do. If they used to win stuff in the 70s, they'd break the UK transfer record the next season and they would go large. We need to do the same. Secondly, we also need to keep uh, um, bringing in some of these fantastic youth players because, you know, I think what we have proved uh, on Saturday and this season and the last season is that, you know, the rumours were true. We have a phenomenal academy with some superb players who are more than good enough. And Rhys James and Mason Mount and Christensen proved that in bucket loads on Saturday. And the third thing we have to do and this is, you know, if it, when I go to hell or heaven or wherever I go, and if I ever see Rafa Benitez in any of those situations, the thing oh. I will, the thing I will kick him in the nuts hardest about is not because he insulted us about plastic flags. It's because he ruined the one chance I had, I thought, in my lifetime to see my club win the World Club Championship again. Something Liverpool have done and Man United have done, and I want to see my club do it. So they've got to go out. And they've got to win that, haven't they, Adam? Yes, they do. I would love Chelsea to go out and win that competition um, and have the tag of world champions. Um, it's obviously a, a competition we've never won. It's a trophy we've never we've never got our hands on. So, yeah, absolutely. I think of all the sort of European teams to have won the Champions League since uh, Milan did it in two thousand and seven, Chelsea the only team not to, the only European team not to have then gone on and won the World Club Cup. So. Yeah, we have to write that wrong uh, in December, especially as the Club, uh, Club World Cup's also going to become quite big, I think, in the next few years because uh, FIFA have got grand plans to expand it and um, it would be nice to get one on the board alongside Liverpool and United, uh, as you said, Chidge. Um, the rest of what you said is spot on. Um, I don't want Chelsea settling in the transfer market this summer. If they, if Thomas Tuchel has uh, uh, an idea on a player he wants, be that uh, Romelu Lukaku, be that Declan Rice, just go out and get them. Lewandowski, potentially. Don't. Um, although I got inside, he's got inside news, mate. You know, Alex's contact. I would say I. I you know, he he's fantastic, but he is thirty-two, isn't he? So He's 33, 34. 30, yeah, Okay, so, so let's rewind to the fan cast two weeks ago, where we said we spent years going, don't sign Cavani, and Cavani, in my opinion, has been the best signing of of last season. So yeah. I don't think age is the factor. No, I certainly wouldn't turn it down, there. but I can't imagine Bayern Munich being in a rush to get rid of him if he's under contract. So. No, he's not. He's, he's um, coming to the end of it. 
Is he exploring this summer? Yeah, I no. reckon he's, yes, he's no. discussing about going on to new challenge, apparently. 33 in August. I'm not against it at all, because he's absolutely brilliant. I'm just saying, you know, no, she'll be, be in the position of needing good. another one in a couple of years, maybe. But, um, yeah, go out and identify your targets and get them done. Don't be, as we've seen in the last few years, you know, the Lukaku one in, in under, after Conte won the Premier League title was a prime example where we wanted him all summer, didn't get him and then signed Morata. Um, and that very much did not work out. So, yeah, um, go and get those done. And I really, really do hope that the pass opened up hasn't been closed from the academy to, to first team because there's you know there were a lot of guys out there Tino Andrin was out there Billy Gilmore was out there Tammy was obviously out there you know these guys are good enough if you give them their heads um and I really hope you know we've got good young players like Andrin like Tino Livramento coming through these guys need to, to still feel that there is a pathway there do you think do you think Tuchel uh I mean here this is a very because we don't know yet do we I mean you know Tuchel's had to do you know deal with what he's got you know what 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 he inherited if you like and now he's got a a summer in the transfer uh, market do you think Tuchel is um more of a Conte stroke Mourinho type manager and just wants to go and buy big flash Ferraris because he's got he's got the keys to the toy shop or do you think he's a you know I mean half of me thinks that actually this is a very um well-rounded football manager who 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 ingra- you know ingrains himself into the club and I mean, I know for a fact that he's been watching youth games, for example. We know for a fact that Mourinho never bothered, right? So, you know, yeah. do you think he might be the kind of manager that we really, really want, who will buy really, really well in the transfer market, but will also know how good some of these youth players are and try and bring them in? I mean, the caveat on it, of course, Adam, is that, you know, there's a reason why Reese James and Mason Mount have made it, because they're bloody good. Mm. And not all youth players will be that bloody good, even if you do give them a run. No, of course not. But I, I agree. I think Tuchel is a nice hybrid of, as you say, he's been out watching under 23s. He's been at uh, Kings Meadow watching the dev squad. He's been at under 14 games. I think the, the Chelsea Youth Count Twitter put out that he was there to, to watch an under 14 game. So he does seem to be buying into the fact that Cobham is a, a very good producer of talent. At the same time, of course he's going to want uh, big big players to, to fill gaps in his squad. I don't think that's unreasonable um, going forward. So I hope he is the, the sort of hybrid between two ethoses and, and Chelsea. Chelsea don't need to, to go out and spend two hundred million on six three, players every three summer. Players. Only three players, I yeah. reckon. Yeah. And as, a, as you know, I've probably said this before. You know, the academy isn't there to just produce a Mason Mount or Reese James every year. It's there to help build a squad to enable you to go and spend a hundred million on one player. That's what the academy should be there to do. And if you can produce a Mount or James every three or four years, fantastic. That's unbelievable. But that shouldn't be the expectation every year. No, it's a really good point, uh, Mark. You've been there, seen it, done it, bought the T-shirt, not written the book, certainly not quite yet, made the movie. Where do you think we need to go from here? Uh, I think we talked about it on the show the other week. I think we need to buy three players. Uh, if those three players just happen to be a uh, a central defender, uh, a midfielder and a forward, I think that's good business. Um, I, I think, you know, Tuchel won't go mad. I think he'll strike the right balance going forward. The interesting thing is, and I've said it before, we've got a lot of dead wood we have to get rid of as well. And, and the point you were making about spending and spending big. We spent big many times over the last few years. We spent big on Morata. How did it turn out? So there's no shyness in Chelsea Football Club spending big. We have to buy the right players. And I think 
if we give Tuchel his head, he's probably got an idea who those three right players are. And if they cost 200 million for the three of them, so be it. Pick up Adam's point. But we have to also shed a lot of the players that we've got in this squad. You know, we spent a lot of money on Danny Drinkwater. God knows where he is. Bakayoko, Zappa Costa, Ross Barkley. Giroud will go, bless him. And he goes with our good wishes. Emerson will probably go. Baba Rahman, I think, is he, is he in Greece or Turkey? He just won the Greek Cup. That's it, he won the Greek Cup, yeah. Legend. Poor old, <laughs> yeah, poor old Loftus-Cheek, I suspect, will go as well. So there's probably about a dozen players we will offload that would actually give to, to buy two or three high-quality players. Because I think, as he said, I mean, just mentioned earlier, there's a good balance to this squad. Yeah. Okay. Um, Martin, you know, we've seen, you know, we, we, we've seen it last time, like I said, I mean, you know, what are your hopes for where we go from here? That we, rather than spraying money around on, you know, random players that don't have any long-term value that we do use it, we spend, and that we do spend big. I mean, I'm, I sound like I'm just repeating what everyone else said, but that's what I want to see us doing. You know, two or three you know, players signings brought in. I think Silver's going to re-up for another year, which helps the defender situation a little bit and allows us to, allows them time to you know decide what they want to do with regards to Rudiger and Christensen's contracts. Um, you know, if we, I wouldn't mind seeing Lukaku back, but it's you know it's whether they do want to deal with the agent and, and frankly whether he wants to come back. The ball's in his court in that sense, but into desperately need to sell. So I would imagine we'll, we'll be quite busy there. Um, but ultimately, I just want, I want us to see us build on this. Um, we've already said it, it's not the end of a story. It's the beginning. And yeah. we've got so many building blocks in place that, um, I mean, I personally believe we made the start last summer with the signings of Werner and Havertz. I think that was the start of it. Mm-hmm. We've, started the, the big spend we're in the financial position to do it in the pandemic in comparison to other teams where we've not been as affected by the loss of match day income so let's use our relative advantage in that sense and um you know, make make some very positive moves um it would also be quite amusing if Declan Rice does turn up one because you lot can laugh at me moaning about him <laughs> and two because we were told when Lampard left that was immediately going to kill the interest in Rice because they weren't interested in bringing him in because it was like some sort of acknowledgement that they fucked up by letting him go in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, I, it sounded like bullshit at the time. Yeah. I suspect it was bullshit, but he may now have a very good Euros and see his price go up considerably and West Ham have European football. So. Oh, indeed. His price has gone up already, Martin, so it's going to be very expensive yeah. bullshit yeah, we have to deal with. Yeah. Well, uh, indeed. But, I mean, you know, West Ham, I don't think, wanted to sell him, so that made it very hard. But we'll see this summer. You never know. Clayton uh, and Jonathan, last last two questions of this part, really, to you, and I, and I think very appropriately to you too. <laughs> Jonathan's face, I don't know what that's all about. Sit there. Like a we, we, I don't know what he's sitting there like. Anyway, Clayton, um, what what do you think this means? I mean, you know, as I, I've kind of alluded to it all evening, really. You know, and and I said rather pithily, didn't I, in the, in the WhatsApp group at the height of everybody being uh, absolutely joyous. I said, well, the reality is we've only won as many European Cups as Nottingham Forest. Um, 
But I mean, you know, what does it mean? You know, Chelsea, our little club, have won two European Cups. What does it mean to us? Do you think? Um, when we uh, won in Munich and the team came over with the trophy, I was sort of thinking, this doesn't happen to us. This only happens to teams in red. I only ever see Liverpool players or Manchester United players lifting up, or indeed Nottingham Forest, now you come to mention it, lifting up the European Cup. And this isn't us. This doesn't happen to us. Well, it does now. And it's, 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 it's really difficult if you've supported us for any number of years to actually consider that we are a huge club now. I don't, you know, there, there is no arguing about it. And, you know, people can take the mickey and say, we, we bought this and we bought that. Fine, but we started winning before Roman came along. And he's just basically continued doing it. I mean, it's just, it's extraordinary. And, 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 and the thing that I was very pleased about, apart from absolutely everything on Saturday, is the number of people who said to me, you were really good on Saturday. You played really well. And it's sort of going back to what I was saying before that we sort of didn't fluke the previous one, but it, it it was it was done in a different way. We've won this cup and we deserve to be where we are. It, it's sort of you know we are a big club now, and I think that's people are just going to have to accept that. We're going to have to accept that, which means that you know we'll get shot at even more. Um, People hate us now, Clayton. We're a huge club now. Massive. Absolutely massive. I mean, we're we're completely back in the elite, which is what we talked about at the beginning of the season, hoping that these new transfers would get us back into the elite. Yeah, absolutely. What we because because we let because we've let it slip. Yeah, we were talking about that at the beginning of the season. All it was letting it slip. We've now achieved all the all the the aims, and they now have to go even higher. So to me, that's what this has been about. It's been about Take it getting back. Yeah, <laughs> Sly and the but Family. It, it is. I mean, it's a- 1969, Chidge. Wow, Woodstock. I wanna take it higher. <laughs> Poor old Clayton. Carry on, mate. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it, the, the, the thing that we've got to try and do is is stay there. We've obviously. The, I, I mean, next year, I want to win the league again. I mean, I, I found it absolutely extraordinary, like sort of, you know, the statistic that you um, you rattled out before, you know, the first English team to win all the major European trophies twice. I mean, that's extraordinary. Yeah. You know, it's just nobody else has done it. You know, all these, these big clubs and we're a shit club and we're this, that and the other. No, we we're have, not. We haven't got any history, have we? No history, Clayton. Listen, we, we, well, you know, they, they will continue to take the piss and they'll basically come and hold their six fingers up the next time we see them. But I don't what, know. In one hand, Clayton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I would say it's not Norwich, but I'm, I can't say that, can I? But you know what? Let them. Yeah. Let them. As, yeah. as, the, as, the, no, as the song and says, I, I fuck them think... all, fuck them all. United, West Ham, Liverpool. I, I think there will be a grudging respect for us now. Whereas, I'm sensing you know, it already. I'm sensing it. I mean, it, even in the last couple of days in the media, you're, you're I mean, yes. I, I'll give you an example, right? For all of, I mean, you know, we, we meant, we, we, we invoked uh, Perry Groves and uh, look, 
uh, Perry is actually a mate of mine. I, 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 I like Perry. I have got very, 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 very drunk uh, with Perry on numerous occasions. And I actually like the guy. And it was my fault that he had to do what he did on TalkSport whenever it was. It might have been this morning. I've got no sign of no sense of time anymore. But uh, I did a programme where I used to get him to argue against a journalist like Rob Shepherd. He had to argue. He had to argue that black was white, and that's what he was doing. And I can't wait to have a beer with him and really find out what he really means. And we had it from Ray Parler today on Talksport this morning, another ex-Arsenal player and Arsenal fan. And even he said, "You know what?" He said, "I have to accept that Chelsea right now are a bigger club than Arsenal because you just look what they've won in the last twenty years." Okay, you can talk about history and you can talk about all of this and you can talk all about that. But right now, we've they have won more trophies than us in the last 20 years, and they're bigger as a result. So there you go. Now, I'm going to finish this part. Oh, I didn't really ask you. Well, you kind of chipped in, JK. But if, if you want to, like, say, you know, what it what it means to you about us us winning a couple of Champions Leagues, then I'll allow you that. No, I think I, I, I expressed it on the back of Clayton, actually, while he was doing it. It just means that we're... Um... Uh, that uh, uh, the Roman is back in the game again, as he was at the beginning of the season by buying Havertz and Chilwell and spending 200 million. And, and we just thought it was going to be easier. And it unfortunately needed, a change of, needed the usual change of manager, but we just happened to have discovered this genius. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think it will happen in the way that it's normally happened because I think he's, He's a very different manager to anybody we've ever had, and is um, uh, and and is the the difference is he's absolutely a tactical genius in a way that your Conte's weren't. He changed it round, but he was he was more of an ex-player, and there was passion in Conte that I felt was his undoing. Um, and uh, uh, subsequent managers just weren't weren't as good as this man. This man is absolutely top-notch. Well, one, and- of the, one of the things I say about Tuchel, JK, that's impressed me from the get-go is that, and I, and I say this with my psychotherapist hat on, is that this is a man who is incredibly self-aware. And if you are self-aware, you quite often get people and know how to get the best. You get other people too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't have that ego getting in the way of relationships. You know, and and well, his man management must yeah. be remar- remarkable to get them playing as a team. Well, that's what I'm thinking, Jake. Also, understanding the intricacies of, of the whole process of of playing against City and the way that they did yeah. with, and I was reading uh, various analyses of the way that they played and and people pushing up and covering the space and pushing the ball out, pushing the player with the ball out, making sure that they don't get the ball in time, all of this kind of stuff. The players have been unbelievably receptive to what he's done in only three months. Yeah, I know. it's on. phenomenal. So yeah. I'm I'm going to finish up this part with this. This this I think Joe Mingola, the lovely Joe Mingola, the champion, the Champions League winner of the uh, Chelsea Fancast Premier League predictions. Well, league, I finished, no. Hang on, no, I was stewards. I finished ahead of him on that revised league table after about thirty six <laughs> after thirty six weeks worth of mate, results got mate, wiped this out. Is, this is not middle. This is not Middlesbrough versus Chelsea in nineteen eighty eight, <laughs> mate. No, our league was not done on that. There was only one winner and. I, oh, I will, yeah, he, I will, he smashed it. I'm, I am massively taken. I don't this. know whether you listened to last week's show, but I did give you credit for being the top Chelsea fancaster yeah, in both you. in both the both leagues, leagues. <laughs> and the playoffs. So there you go. Anyway, this is from the Guardian, and Joe Joe Mingola put this on Discord, and I just think this is this this sums up pretty much everything that we've been talking about tonight. 
Was this was the, uh, was this result a surprise? Possibly. Was it a shock? Certainly not. In the past decade and a half, this is what Chelsea have done. They have beaten the teams who could not be beaten. I have followed them ever since I befriended the only kid at school who liked Chelsea. He's got two degrees and a job now, and I still don't like them. But admire them? Yes, I admire Chelsea. This is the club that beat Bayern Munich when everyone said German football would take over Europe. They beat Barcelona when Spain had only just won the World Cup on the backs of the Barca players. In the steely dark blue of Chelsea, there is a coldness, a purposeful mechanical efficiency that can cut through even the lighter blues of their Manchester counterparts. And the red ones too, for it was Chelsea who really questioned the United juggernaut during Sir Alex Ferguson's golden era. Of the London teams, Arsenal and Arson will not like remembering too many meetings. Spurs will have bad memories of their uh, eventful clash during the miracle 15-16 season that was Leicester's. That is what Chelsea do. These men, they are the true hard men of English football. The British equivalent of Atletico Madrid. And despite their problems and their poor seasons, there is no other English team I would back to win a must-win game more than them. Not even City or Liverpool. Chelsea may not be as good and may lose, but if there is one thing this team does, it is to upset the odds. Who wrote that? I, I know it says The Guardian. Do you have any idea of the role? I really don't know, but it's wonderful, isn't it? I would have a guess it might be Barney Roney, just off the top of my head, to be honest. Yeah, oh. yeah. and we Maybe don't he, we don't like Barney because he's he, so he horrible does, about he, Chelsea. But he does not admire Chelsea. But that was not, so beautifully put. I mean, Adam as a journalist and a writer. I, thought, I mean, I thought it might be might have been Jacob Steinberg. It might have been, but but Adam as a journalist and a writer. I I, I mean, I write too, but I would have struck. I and I'm a Chelsea fan, and I would have struggled to put it as well as that. It was a lovely piece of work, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant writing. Brilliant writing. I'd love to know. It was actually. I might have to have a quick look. Yeah, have a quick have a quick deco. But for me. It sums it up. And for me, that's why I love this funny little club, this strange little club. Imagine not being Chelsea. Strange big club, Chid. Come on. Well, it's always little in my heart, mate. But, you know. Yeah, we're huge. We're mahoosive. <laughs> imagine not being Chelsea, mate. Anyway, enough. Final part coming up. Emails. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and I am aided and abetted by uh, the. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Alex. Alex took him under. Her wing in Porto in the Estadio <laughs> de Drago, and and saw him through, saw him through to a victory. The wonderful joke. She coaxed me. She coaxed she me. She did. I'm so glad she found you. That was lovely of her, mate. I found her actually. Did you? Yeah, but yeah. she sent the message out on WhatsApp. I was there. I saw yeah, it. Yeah, she did. That was sweet. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. nice to see you. Uh, we've yeah. also got the wonderful Adam Newson from Football London. Uh, we've got. Uh, Who's now? He's changed location, actually, Adam. He's, his Wi-Fi went down. He's now sitting in his garden, aren't you? 
I wish I had a garden. I'm sitting on the balcony just at the top of uh, the stairs of my flat. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's outside, mate. Don't don't <laughs> knock it. Uh, we've also got the lovely Clayton Beerman. Hello. Uh, the wonderful Martin Wickham. Evening. And last, but by no means least, uh, our, uh, our, our, well, really our player of the season, actually. I mean, old dear old Mark Meehan, he, he, he's only turned up this year, although he's been a fixture of Chelsea writing and books and just generally all-round loveliness. But I'm so delighted we've had him on the podcast this season, Mr. Mark Meehan. I'm the Mason Mount of the fan cast. Thank you so much, Chidge. In your dreams, mate. <laughs> You're more like the well, Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you for it, mate. Right, now, we've got some emails. Not that I think they're reasonably short. They're not too bad. But the first one's from the lovely Alan Rivero, which I think sums it up, JK. Lads, he says, lads, if you'll allow me. We know what we are, we know what we are, champions of Europe, we know what we are. Cheers, Alan Rivera. <laughs> That's the kind of email I like. <laughs> right, next one's from Stuart Keeble. He says, dear Chid, JK, oh, oh, this is, oh, right, note, note the time and date, 2126. 1st of June 2021. Dear Chidge, JK called the Champions League, if I remember rightly, early in the season and at various stages thereafter. Far from being that old bloke, he is the wisest of sages. Top bloke, top man. Thanks to the both of you and your guests for keeping me sane during the course of this season. It's the highlight of my week. Best uh, regards, uh, Stuart Keeble. Haugesund, Norway. Keep the blue flag flying high. I have when to. It's true. I I did say on Friday, yeah. or some sometime either Friday. I I have I have said to you in writing, you called it early in the season. I think I said it on Friday in the show, didn't I? I said you called it early in the season when we all laughed at you, and you yes, said no 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 it. no no no. Chelsea will win the Champions League. That's you laughed you at me, you bastard. You we laughed, did, but you knew. You there we go. How come you came also, bottom of the PP League? And, and we're still laughing now. <laughs> and may I say, I got one nil right as well on Friday. You did, you did, you did as well. Yeah. An early goal, and we absolutely spend the second half shitting ourselves. I said yeah, that. Yeah, you did too. Well, fair enough. Anyway, next email. Uh, this is not what you get as a prize, by the way, but it is the next email. Okay, thank you. Uh, this is from Jalal Karadia. Flying high up in the sky. Come on, everybody, Johnny. We'll keep the, the blue flag, flag flying high. high. From Stamford Bridge to Wembley. We'll keep the blue flag flying high. Lads, I've been singing this song since we won. The entire second half, I was just praying out loud in my head, literally, for 45 minutes. After that, it was just singing and screaming. What a win. Guys, I honestly don't know what to write here because I could go on for days and days. I'm sure that Yarl's voices are done as well, so I'll keep it very short. I love every single one of those players that wore a Chelsea badge last night, from Tammy, Big Willie, and even fucking Jorginho. Kepper's knee slide made me genuinely emotional. Me too, actually. I thought that was fabulous. I was cheering like mad lad for him. The amount of genuine human emotion and connection I felt with that lad was supernatural. Mendy's story is inspirational should teach us all to never fucking give up on our dreams. If we have enough self-belief, we can accomplish anything. Because, of course, he was signing on, wasn't he, eight yeah. years ago? Um, Reese James, man of Liverpool. the match. Yeah, yeah. Reese yeah. James, man of the match outside of Canty, who is man of all matches, 
Chili B um, came to Chelsea to win the Champions League. He played like a fucking boss. Um, Rudiger is a badass. Christensen, I'm sorry for calling you soft. <laughs> Me too. Silva is a legend. Kai is a baller. Timo Werner. Timo, Timo, Timo. He is ironically very Chelsea. Just pure chaos, the defences that he Kesman. He would explode if Eddie Kalu. He would explode next season, mark my words. Uh, okay, uh, explode and then uh, take off. It will be seen again. Mount will be a Chelsea legend, I can say that with no doubts whatsoever. And Chidge, that tweet about Asby you put out, can't agree any more with you there. Uh, the fact, uh, uh, yeah, the fact that his shirt was tucked in tells you everything about him. Absolute soldier. Look, I can't add anything more to this because I know you'll have tons of other emails to read. But lastly, I just wanted to thank you, Chidge, and everyone who comes on this podcast, everyone who makes this podcast possible. I don't know you. You don't know me, but I love you all. When I have kids, they will know about this win. Could you name one of them, Jonathan? And they will know about Uncle Chidge, JK, Tony Glover, my idol, Tweeds, everyone from the fan cast. I feel like we're all one big family tonight. I don't drink. I never have. But if I ever make it to London, I will buy each of you a round and JK the fanciest cup of tea in existence. <laughs> <laughs> because you fucking deserve it. That'll be, that'll be rice milk in chamomile. You are, all, you are all legends for bringing a Texan closer to Chelsea. I love you all and up the fucking Chels. Jalal Karadia from bloody Houston, fucking Texas. Uh, Houston, PS, going to attach a photo of my dad and I celebrating just for shits and giggles. Love you all. Take care. And there it is, this lovely photo. What I love about the photo as well is they're celebrating madly and there's a bloke in the corner texting. <laughs> who doesn't give a fuck. But there they are celebrating. I just noticed that. I tell you what, on, on that point, I should share this with you. Um, I, I haven't shared it with you on WhatsApp, but I, 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 I heard... Um, some of you might remember him, those of you who have been on the podcast for a while, but my dear old mate uh, from LA, Michael Roban, who used to uh, sporadically come over to London uh, and and stay with me and get we'd spend the whole weekend getting drunk. And actually, it's kind of special shout out for Brentford because we, there was no football. Well, well, Chelsea were playing in Middlesbrough and I couldn't get a ticket, so we had to go to London games. And the only two uh, home London games that weekend were Millwall or Brentford, and I, I I erred on the side of caution and went to Brentford, and I took Michael to Brentford. And and we just got absolutely battered. He basically has three requests. I, Chidge, I want live sport. I want gambling. And I want to get fucking drunk. Those are Michael's instructions for the weekend. So we had a great time. So it's great to see the bees go up. But I, I heard from Michael uh, on WhatsApp uh, before the game. And uh, he was in the Fox and Hounds in LA, uh, in Studio City, which is where I actually had him on a podcast many, many moons ago. And I used to go and drink and watch Chelsea games in there when I was, whenever I was filming in LA. And it was lovely to hear from him. And he sent me a video and he was with Mr. C, who runs Chelsea uh, in LA and used to be uh, in The Shaman, of course, as a massive Chelsea fan. Comes over to the stall regular whenever he's over. And and I and I did. Michael hadn't said he'd seen him. And I said, oh, Michael, Michael, you know, brilliant to hear from you, blah, 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 blah do say hello to Mr. C for me. And and the next minute he WhatsApps me a picture of him and Mr. C together, which is just brilliant. Anyway, I, I sent them a little video 
to say up the Chelsea and up Mr C. So there we go. It's brilliant to hear from him. I can't remember why on earth I got into that, but never mind. I uh, saw him on a train back from Hull a couple of seasons ago, Mr C. Oh right, yeah. right. Well, yeah. I know. I now remember why I, I mentioned that because that Michael then sent me a video of them all celebrating at the final whistle, and it was fantastic. Is that their song, Love, Sex, Intelligence? Love, Sex, Intelligence. Move any mountain. That one. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I like that. Easy good. Easy good. He's Ebenezer good. Easy good. Easy good. Mm. Okay, that, that joke didn't really work, did it? Anyway, <laughs> Daniel Cabral. Uh, we'll carry on. That's I love. That's why I love you. You just ignore me. You know. You know how to do that. Now, uh, Daniel Cabral, who's an old mate of ours, he says, "What a great end to the season." Tuchel, uh, dig to PSG and Chelsea revenge on Pep for 2009. Joy, the only word that comes to mind, and happiness seeing some of you who I follow on Twitter being able to celebrate that win and see the trophy lifted for the second time. Six years ago on May the 29th, I proposed to my wife in Lisbon. I'm not taking all the credit, but some. Finally, thank you all for giving me some normalcy in not so in a not-so-normal world for well over a year. Um... I kept up on the podcast but wasn't able to listen on Mixler, uh, busy watching my five-year-old Tiago and three-year-old Leo. Thank you. And I can't wait to hear you all next season. Up the Chelsea. Also, Dano, my Chelsea Twitter captain. Absolutely. Dan is a superstar on Twitter, it has to be said. So there you go. Well done, Daniel. Uh, lovely to hear from you. Uh, JK. It's from Philip Francis. Dearest of podcasts. Oh, sweet. What an unbelievable season. Our boys did it. I'm thanking you in advance for the podcast on Monday or Tuesday. I pray JK lived and survived the emotions. You see, <laughs> Philip knows. Philip knows me well. He knows that I am a, a, a potpourri of... Um, yes. Of po. Of, of hither and thither. Anyway, um, please make sure the following is accounted for. Yes, it takes luck to win one of these, but we beat Porto, finished second in Primaria Liga. We beat Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, finished first and second in La Liga. We beat Manchester City three times, finished first in the Premier League. Let's not forget that City and City fans were rooting to face Madrid instead of Chelsea. This wasn't an accident. TT made Chelsea into a team no one likes to play against because we don't let goals in and we wreck how teams like to play. That this wasn't easy. It took grit, heart, laying everything on the line, putting the team first, and our boys did it. We are the kings of Europe. Love you guys. Philip, Florida, US. He, he nails that, doesn't he, actually? That's a really good point. I mean, all these people going out there saying, oh, you know, well, you know, Chelsea, you know, um, basically uh, only only beat City because Pep played the wrong team or, you know, the referee. It's absolute horseshit. We beat them fair and square in three matches and it was largely down to Tuchel and the way he set up just, his team. Can I just add to you, you've probably mm. seen on social media that Chelsea, throughout the whole of their Champions League campaign, were only behind for six minutes. Yeah. And that was five, five of them were against Krasnodar. Five minutes. Well, well, five of them was against Krasnodar and the other one was against Porto. I thought it was that, four that... and one. Well, you know, I'm we can not quibble over, we can quibble over one <laughs> <laughs> But you're right. You're right. I mean, it's been phenomenal what he's done, you know, in that run. None of us thought we would get past Atletico before he turned up. None of us. And here we are. Brilliant. Right. I think this is the last email from Emilio Herath, who says, uh, Come on, you blues. Hi, everyone. Champions of Europe. Unbelievable. What a wild season. 
Who would have thought it five months ago? Very much what we were saying. Only Chelsea could repeat what they did in 2012, switching managers mid-season and winning the Champions League, except this win was in some ways even better. In 2012, we rode our luck at times uh, to the final and also in the final. This time, we won our group and conv- convincingly beat Atleti, Porto and Madrid before beating Cite for the third time this season. As early as the Atleti win, uh, this team showed that with Tommy T knowing how to set us up, we could beat anyone on our day. So much so, I placed a bet for the first time ever after we drew Porto for us to win the Champions League. Looking back, I wish I'd bet more. Incredible stories from Mendy to Aspie, Silver, Sil- Silky Smooth Kai, the Cobham crew, scary to think how good they can be. So pleased for everyone, all the players, staff, fans and owner. I wouldn't forget the role Super Frank played either. I know some of us decided not to get attached to managers, but Tuchel is making it really fucking difficult. How do you guys feel? Let's just enjoy this and bring on next season. Take care and up the Chelsea, Emilio Canada. Well, yes, indeed. I did say this, didn't I? After the after Frank got sacked, I said, that's it. I'm never, ever, ever, uh, ever going to fall in love with another Chelsea manager again. But I have to say... Mark, I'm I'm struggling here. I'm beginning to get a bit of a man crush on Tommy T. You've been sucked back in, Chidge. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> they pull you, they reel you back in. Yeah. I don't know. And Mark, they'll, they'll, they'll break your heart in 12 months' time when we do our appetite for self-destruction all over again. But that's why we do it. It's the emotions. I think. I think if if one thing this weekend has taught us anything that we didn't know, but we you know we knew it already. It's ne- it's never boring being a Chelsea. But fan. it's emotional too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Vinnie Jones. It's been emotional. I mean, it really has. This this side is. I mean, dear old Marco and his glorious unpredictability. It's the assault on the emotions, which which just makes this club absolutely nutty. But there you go. Uh, right, no more emails, but we've got some questions. Um, so I shall, I shall ask them to other people other than me and JK. Apart from this one, <laughs> Brian Justman <laughs> says, which of the fancast mob is writing the book on this season? Hands up. I think Harry Harris is probably have it, have it out before. He's the already got it out, mate. He's already got it out. He, already, he, had the, he had the Leicester book out a week after the cup final. So the Chelsea book is probably imminently being printed as we yeah. speak. One thing about Harry Harris, though, mate, you can guarantee there'll be lots of grammatical and spelling errors in it. It's his trademark. So uh, I don't know, Clayton. I mean, actually, to, to, if we go around the table, I, don't, I mean, Mark has written many Chelsea books, but I don't think he's written a kind of a season review one. Uh, there is one person here who has. Will you be doing another one, Clayton? Uh, I'm not sure because I'm knee-deep in another book at the moment, so uh, possibly not. Mm. What's that about, Clayton? What's that book about? Muzak. Muzak. Stuff in lifts. Yeah, well, me and Mark are already already involved in another book, which I can't tell you about because I'd have to shoot you. Uh, and Mark's involved in another book as well. He's he involved. Can't tell you about exactly. Which, I, I had to shoot you twice. Yeah, yeah. and that they're yeah. broadly yeah. that there are similarities between the two. But I, I've been thinking about this that I think I might might do one because, as you know, I've been writing these inane notes. I don't even know whether any of you read them or not. But I, I do these notes because we've been at home all season. 
I've actually been able to sit there with my phone and write notes, which I kind of stupidly believe helps the fan cast. But of course, I don't read them, and I suspect you lot don't either. But I've got a note notes that are taken right at the you know as, as it happened for every game this season. And I'm thinking maybe I might make a, a bit of a kind of a season review book out of that. So there we go. Maybe we, I will. But I, I did say to Adam before he left uh, to Porto when he was berating the amount of sacrifice and having to sell his 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 wife his children and his house to go there <laughs> that he could he could refund that just, it that, that was just for the tests <laughs> that was just for the tests that's <laughs> yeah. right i said that he maybe he should write a book on his experiences he has rather unique a unique perspective on this adam yes i may do actually i may do time is uh is, is hard to find but yes if i if i can i would actually love to because I've yeah. got uh, I've got a couple of ideas for books I'd like to write. Well, there you go, and and you can write, which is kind of important for this kind of thing. So there you go. Uh, right, uh, Luke W says, "Are we the best team on the fucking planet?" We all know the answer, but I'll never get bored of hearing it. Uh, Clayton, yeah, Martin, yeah, right when I was mid swig, you bastard. I know, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I was just finishing my beer. Yeah, best team in the the fucking planet, and when we win the world championship, you know. We'll be the best team in the world as well. Excellent. Adam? Yeah, um, Echo Mark, win the Club World Cup and we can call it official. And... I think, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why it's important to win it, isn't it? So there you and go. Corinthians aren't in it this time around. Yeah, they're, they're not around. <laughs> and there's no Benitez to fuck it up either. No, indeed. And Tuchel wants to win it. Tuchel, he's, he's gone on record, Adam, hasn't he? He says he wants to win it. Uh, if he has, I missed that because uh, fair play to him. No, yeah. I, I'm sure I've read it somewhere that he wants to win it. So there you go. Right, last question. From the dear dear Dave DeBrass, I think I might get JK to sing this as it is a tune. It's a, tune. It's a, a musical tune. Uh, it's Chidge and Kiddo. We love Dave DeBrass, don't we, JK? He's one of our favourites. Yeah. When it's you know, He's been around forever, Dave, uh, when it comes to uh, listening to the podcast. He says, dear uh, Chidge and Kiddo, here's a must song for you lot to start off for us to sing next season. Uh, he'll oh, he'll swear when he wants. He'll swear when he wants. <laughs> Kai fucking Abbott, he'll swear when he wants. All together now. He'll swear when, when he, he wants. He'll swear he'll when, when he wants. wants. Kai fucking Abbott, he'll swear, swear when, when he wants. Very poor. Not as good as the supporters on Saturday, that's for sure. But Dave, uh, you never know. It may get some legs uh, next season. Um, I, I, there was a lad who was... Uh, uh, tweeting me religiously all week uh, saying he was going to try and get the Tommy Tuchel song uh, that I invented. Oh, God, Chidge, they just did. Um, there's one Tommy Tuchel. I know. He's the trainer and he's looking good. He wants to win at Chelsea and that's understood. I can't remember the rest. I promise if you give me the song and I'll learn it, I'll do it on the first home game. Do on it my in own. East Middle in East, up. Back, yeah. In uh, East Middle. I know. No, middle. Are, they, are, are they allowed to sing in the East Middle? No, <laughs> no. Don't tell Chidge that. Don't, no, we're not. No. I sang. I sang there and you I dropped it. And I, I grabbed you by the arm and said, sit down. I know. And I, there was that shortly before or afterwards, I dropped the F and the C bomb on Huddleston for trying to kill somebody. Uh, that that didn't go down well either. With no. People looked at you slightly, slightly uh, worried. I, I haven't been back since. Oh, oh, Chidge, on the back of that letter, there's been a few Kai Havert songs posted up on Twitter today. I don't know if you've seen them. There's one to Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Place on Earth. Oh, I like that. Go on. Uh, well, I can't sing, but oh, Roman, do you know what he's worth? Kai Havertz is the best on earth. 
The silky German is what we need. He won Chelsea the Champions League. Oh, Imagine that to a Belinda Carlisle voice. What, what are the lyrics again? What are the lyrics again? Oh, Roman, oh. do you know what he's oh, worth? Oh, no. Roman, do you, you know, know what he's worth? Kai Havertz is a place on earth. The silky German is what we need. He won Chelsea the Champions League. It's pretty good. I, I like find, that. I find, I'm not sure that silky German will ever be sung by anybody. It doesn't quite fit. But never mind. He's silky smooth. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I know I agree completely. I just can't see it. I can't see it going down well with the Chelsea faithful. You know? and Rome, and Rome, Rome has probably still got the receipt, so he knows exactly what he's worth. Or or the Dennis Wise version. Go on. Oh, Kai Havertz scored a fucking great goal in the Estadio Drago in sunny Porto. <laughs> That's gonna happen. Not That's bad. Not bad. That's not bad, is it? Forty eight yeah. minutes to go, right? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, can't do yeah, forty eight yeah. minutes to go. Forty eight yeah. minutes to go. <laughs> right. That's we know perfect. we know that the show is almost finishing because we have an empty box. Run out of booze. <laughs> There's no booze. Demand to have some booze. I demand booze. Anyway, uh, no, I don't because I shall fall over and it's probably about time we all went home. You've probably been suffering us for long enough. It's been a bit of a long show tonight, but we kind of always knew that that would happen. But sadly, that is all we've got time for. Now, um, we are hoping to do a season review show when Dino gets back from his holes. Uh, so sometime in the next couple of weeks, I think. Now, the reason for that is that Dino is the keeper. At the beginning of the season, Dino brilliantly emails us all and says who's going to be the player of the year what's going to be this what's going to be that what's our prediction for this that and the other and then we all forget completely but Dino remembers because he puts it in a spreadsheet and then he comprehensively humiliates us in the season review show but we can't do it without Dean so we're gonna have to wait till he gets back but I'm really hopeful that we will do that Uh, but in case this is the last live show of the season I want to comprehensively thank uh, JK Clayton, Adam, Alex, Mark, Martin, Dan, Dane, Dean, Tony, Marco, Joe, Liam, Sam, for their sterling efforts this season. You've all been very, very genius-like, I have to say. You've been brilliant. Look at you. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Grace. No, you've, done, you've all done very well. No, you have. Because I'll tell you what, you know, this has been a tough weirdly even though we've won the champions league and everything it's been a tough season this season i mean i i haven't seen any of you although you might think that's a good thing but i haven't seen any of you uh for over a year i mean 15 months and we're hoping to get together on uh, the 24th of july in a pub somewhere in london and uh, and rectify that and i'm really looking forward to seeing you all because it's been a while been too long uh, but thank you you've been brilliant and uh, i do really appreciate it uh, and uh, of course, uh, most of all, I'd like to thank you lot, our loyal listeners live on Mixler and those who listen to the podcast every week and write emails or chat on the Discord group, bung us a few quid each week on Patreon. We, we really wouldn't and couldn't do it without your support. Uh, you are all champions of Europe in our eyes. Now, over the summer, we will be re-releasing the 50 Years of Chelsea series from 1970 and then carrying on where we left off in 1989. And uh, we'll also be doing a few more My Chelsea's with some interesting guests. So yeah, more 50 Years. We've got to, we've got to go from 1989 all the way to present day. We might do it. You up for that, boys? Oh, yes. Yeah. 
And that awful, awful evening in Sunderland in 1992. Yeah, we've got all that to come. I shall, I all shall, that to come. I shall get schedules out and get you all on board for that. Uh, so there you go. But uh, the My Mike Chelsea going to be ruined by Steve fucking Guppy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, because you know, we had, I mean, with, without without being pejorative yeah. at all, we had yeah. all the old farts on for the last inc- incarnation yeah. of this. Now it's time for the young bloods like you, Martin and Dean and Dane, to come to the fore. You see, because you you were born and you can go to the, you know, you were at these matches in the nineties. So I expect to see more of you there. Um, I will do a few more uh, my Chelsea's as well, and we've got some interesting guests uh, lined up for that already. So look out for those now. The Chelsea Fancast, as you should all know by now, is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. And uh, if you want a kind of a what you know one shop uh, one shop stop or one stop shop, even if you speak English, uh, then you can go to the CFC Blues app. Uh, where they house lots of uh, Chelsea podcasts like ours. And talking of, and, and here's a little ad for them here. Now, talking of uh, Chelsea podcasts, I just want to have a big uh, shout out uh, for the London is Blue boys here. I mean, I know that they're on the end of a bit of acerbic, waspish banter from yours truly on a regular basis, but uh, I can't tell you how happy I am that these boys who. You you know they've not been supporting Chelsea for that that long. Let's face it, they've done this tremendous podcast, which they always pay homage to us for doing it. And they got to go and see Chelsea win the Champions League in the flesh in Porto. All three of them together sat together to do that. And I know how massive that is. And you know I can't even begin to to, to understand how fantastic that that was for them. And I'm so happy for them that they got to do that. So big love to the London is Blue boys, and I really hope we get to see them for a beer too, because they're fabulous chaps, and they've always been very kind to us, even if I am a bit waspish occasionally. But that's kind of the way I am. So big up the London is Blue boys. Now, uh, just a quick shout-out for Patreon. If you like what, you, what we do, you can become a Chelsea fancast patron. It helps us to cover the cost of running two shows a week and continue to produce what we believe is a unique podcast on all things Chelsea. Uh, please feel free to donate whatever you uh, want per show or per month. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no pressure. There really isn't. But if you do, uh, you can uh, get a mini Kerry Dixon banner. That's not a mini Kerry Dixon. It's a mini Kerry Dixon banner. There is a slight difference. Uh, and you can join our Discord group. Um, and of course, emails. Thank you so much for everybody who sends in emails every week. We really love reading them out, as you can tell. Uh, but you can email us, send us a message on Patreon or Instagram or even just tweet us and we will read them out if you send them in by Sunday. Not Monday, Sunday. And the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Adam at Adam... Newsom. It is Adam Newson, isn't it? I was thinking. Yeah, it's just Adam Newson. I didn't write them down this week. I'm just trying to test myself. So uh, at Adam Newson, Clayton at Goldie59, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham, and Mark at Eddie Mac B A W A. There you go. It's not bad. Still got it. Uh, Follow them all. They're well worth it and they're lovely. Anyway, that's enough. We're done. End of the Champions League winning podcast. Some may say, thank God for that. I'd say we could do another three or four hours and I could drink another couple of bottles of champagne, but I won't. Clayton, it's been delightful to see you tonight. Uh, in fact, actually, the point, the point is delightful to share 
the joy of winning the Champions League again with people oh, like you tonight? It's brilliant. It's it's just it just means another day of smiling a lot, doesn't it? Really, yeah, it's wonderful, isn't it? Well, well, cheers, well done, Chich, for uh, another year of fancast. I know, brilliant, I know, amazing. Honoured to be a guest. Well, always lovely to have you, mate, and hopefully we'll see you on the 24th and we'll have a few drinks and uh, be lovely we really to see need. you all. Yeah, I've missed you all this year hugely, but you've been brilliant, keeping me relatively sane on a Monday night. Martin, the same to you, old Bean. I mean, fair play for getting out there, as you always do, and giving it large for Chelsea, which is what you, you specialise in, but it's, it's been brilliant having you on the on board this year as well, so thank you, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, between the delayed finish last year and then no gap. You've pretty much been doing this solid for a year yourself. So that's a fair old job of work you've been doing in just like doing week-to-week broadcasts. So fair play to you two. And one day I will I'll hopefully get my voice back in time to get humiliated when the predictions are um, revealed. I hope Dean's lost that email. <laughs> you know, Dean won't have lost it. I know Dean, he won't. Well, likewise, Martin, well done. You've been brilliant this year, and I look forward to seeing you on the 24th. We can have a proper... That will be the biggest piss yeah. of all time. I mean, I, I know it's, it sounds trite, but I, you cannot, you do... I mean, I know I see you every week on here, but I have really, really missed you guys, seeing you, you know, to have Well, a that beer. was a, a lot of it with the FA Cup final before the game, Porto before the game, after the game. It was A lot of it was just people seeing each other for the first time yeah. in months if not a whole year oh, I, think, I think that's what brought out so much emotion at the end when that result came uh, in I think you're right I think that's there was a real expulsion of emotion and quite rightly too uh, Mark always lovely to see you you've been an absolute treasure for us this year particularly on the 50 years stuff I hope to get you back involved in that as well but again uh, I hope to see you on the 24th and we can have a beer or three and as I said it'd be lovely to see you all it's been far too long but thank you for this year no, thank you very much for inviting me on to the fan cast, Chidge. It's been an absolute pleasure being the free transfer coming in this year. <laughs> yeah, enjoyed it absolutely immensely. Look forward to Monday nights and Tuesdays, the occasional Tuesdays and Fridays. Keeps me sane. Yeah, and again, look forward to having a beer with everybody on yeah. on, on the twenty fourth. Look forward to seeing people in the flesh next next season as well. You know, when things get back to normal. And again, happy to do some of the fifty years with Chelsea. And I'll put my name down for the 95-96 season. If only if I can drag Nigel Spackman along to talk about slapping Martin Keown in the face. Well, maybe, you know. we, maybe we should. Maybe we, we should. should do that. We should, we should. do that. We should make Because I know game. he would do it. I know he He'd would do it. it. De- def- definitely, yeah. Well, and, and, and a suggestion as well, probably. Tonight, I think it's been fantastic. Six of us here. Yeah. yeah so I'm looking forward to Dean's one as well. When we do the 97 Cup final, maybe get as many of us on for the 97 Cup yeah, final. definitely. Yeah, that'd be a cracker. You, you yeah. know what? You know where I was in 97, don't you? No, oh, where? St. Lucia. Wow. I missed the whole bloody thing. I've told the story many a time. It was like a likely lads thing. Well, my, my, my stress of the 97 Cup final is I got Dave Johnson his ticket. No. Um, yeah, I got Dave because he was living in Torquay then. And my, my, my daughter was only a few months old. So I was taking her out in a pram to get her to sleep. And I was bringing Dave's ticket um, up to the post office. And I put it in the bottom of the pram. So I get to the bottom, um, get to the post office like, near where I live, reach under the pram, and there's no ticket. And you have that real oh, you know, moment. You know, and I, I retrace my steps back and walk through this cut through. And there in the trees was the envelope with Dave's address on it. And I'm thinking, oh, God, someone's opened, opened the envelope and had it away. 
and the ticket was stuck. Someone had actually literally opened the envelope and the ticket had stuck inside the envelope. So they opened up an envelope, put nothing in there, threw it into a tree. And I just like, (laughs) yeah, they thought it was money. And I just thought that, yeah, that moment I'm thinking, how do I tell Dave he's not counting the FA Cup? (laughs) Mark! Mark! Oh, it, it took me 20 <laughs> odd years to tell him that I, I couldn't tell him I wrote about it in CSU UK it was my way of breaking the secret just to let him know the stress I went through in the 97 Cup final oh brilliant that's fantastic there we go um, Adam you've been such a great addition this year I mean you, you I mean we, you know Ollie was fantastic for us and we loved him to pieces but having you and Sam on this year is We've kind of got we've got two for the price of one. It's been brilliant, and you've been a real the great. I mean, you know, I I don't know if I've told anybody this, but I'm going to embarrass uh, Adam hugely here, and I, I apologise in advance. But when I spoke to Adam, when I knew he'd, he'd got the gig at uh, Football London, I said, "Look, come on, mate. You know, we we used to get Ollie on, and it's kind of you have to do it as Football London." I lied, obviously, <laughs> you know, and said, "You got to come on the podcast with us, and would you be up for doing that?" And he said. Well, I mean, you know, obviously I'm a Chelsea fan, but actually more than that, I used to listen to the fan cast, so of course. So, I mean, if if you want if you want to know about Adam's credentials about being on this show, you have them there, and I thank you hugely for that, Adam. You've been brilliant. No, thank you guys for, for making me feel so welcome and, and just, yeah, making me look forward to sort of having a chat with some Chelsea fans every, sort of every couple of weeks. It has genuinely been really enjoyable throughout all of this. Adam, are you very tall? I don't know how big you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, that's, no, I'm mate. About... There's only all, all he is is head and shoulders. He's like yeah. Davros, mate. <laughs> I'm only about six foot. I'm not that tall. Only I'm five foot six, seven. That's quite enough. Yeah, me, 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 me and uh, I've, I've muted Clayton, which is very rude of me. Where is it? Oh, he's gone. He's just gone. Why's he gone? I don't know. He anyway. got sped up. He got sped up. Mike dropped. Mike dropping out. Three sick of I whatever um adam it's been brilliant it's been brilliant uh seeing you this year you've been a great addition as i've said and uh, as for you jk a ne'er-do-well i'm a ne'er-do-well uh, understand. you are you are the hinge to my bracket the morecambe oh. to my wise the ball the to my to large knees, surely the statler to your waldorf the statler to my waldorf the yeah. dixon to my speedy i mean you know what would i do without you oh you'd get by chid you know you would well, probably, but it wouldn't be half as much fun. Oh, thank you. I was only fishing. Thank you very much. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Lovely to see you as always. Uh, we will we will reconvene soon at some uh, stage later on. Uh, but thank you again for everybody who's been listening. See you soon. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Champions of Europe. We won it again. We won it again. We won it again. Champions of Europe. We won it again. Acast empfiehlt Podcasts, die wir lieben. Es ist nicht alles gay, was glänzt. Oder doch? Das klären wir jetzt in Busenfreundin, der Podcast. 
Hey Leute, mein Name ist Ricarda. Ich bin Comedy-Autorin und die Stimme des LGBTIQ-Podcasts Busenfreundin. Und ich treffe jede Woche spannende Menschen und spreche mit ihnen über alles, was die queere Szene bewegt. Bei Busenfreundin gibt es Unterhaltung gepaart mit Haltung. Oft. Also nicht immer, denn manchmal schweife ich auch ab. Zum Beispiel mit Leuten wie Ricardo Simonetti, Sarah Kuttner und vielen, vielen mehr. Also schaltet jetzt ein zu Busenfreundin, eurem Lieblings-LGBTIQ-Infotainment-Podcast. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst. 